Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? Do I have any freaking game? Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, welcome in to this Tuesday edition, Victory Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM dot com and watch the show on facebook live and youtube subscribe to pirate radio tv on youtube we have crossed the 2000 subscriber threshold and we're moving on up so give us a sub over there give us a like as well and on facebook make sure you're following us for all the latest because it has been a busy day at a mike houston press conference that we covered earlier today you can see that interview in its entirety that press conference along with Holt Naylor's, Miles Berry, and Xavier Smith. We'll have those videos for you on Facebook and YouTube. Also, Mike Schwartz uh, talking to the media today ahead of ECU's basketball game on Wednesday night. So, busy day today, busy day tomorrow, as we'll hear from the coordinators, Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell, and have a, an ECU basketball game coming up at 7 o'clock. So, make sure you're following all our social medias, as uh, we will give you that here on the program as well. Shirley Rhodes is here intern peter uh on the video production chan man overseeing things in studio b and uh, i'll let you know who's in studio with me in just a moment coming up later on in today's show at 3 30 we'll talk to cy seymour espn plus color analyst for ecu basketball pirates are 2-0 and can they get to 3-0 we'll talk about hampton we'll talk about what we've seen so far with side four o'clock mully will join us in the pirate radio studios he was shocked, as everyone was last night, when my commanders knocked off the Eagles. We'll talk a little NFL, college football, and more with Mully coming up at 4 o'clock. At 4.30, Sam Raz. Uh, we'll talk Houston Cougars football. Uh, every time we'll, ECU plays Houston, we go out to our friends at the Scott and Holman podcast, and Sam will join us today to give us an update on Dana Holgerson and the i guess disappointing six and four houston cougars we'll talk about that coming up at 4 30 at five o'clock bryce williams will be here and bryce not me but bryce will be interviewing shane carden uh we have worked that out with shane he wants to do an interview with bryce williams so i can't wait to hear bryce handling that interview coming up at five o'clock to my left willie smith former east carolina offensive lineman nfler joins me as well as ellery guys how we doing today doing great doing great great day to be in the pirate radio studio clip rock will you be running the video feed during the shane card and bryce williams interview i think i'm going to be here just in case something goes haywire but don't, uh, don't trust bryce to drive the ship well uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> just be honest you said it yeah. don't, don't beat around the bush yeah no you said it correctly uh hey look biggest story right now going on today no nfl teams are undefeated because a team that Willie Smith once played for knocked off the Eagles last night as Washington took down Philadelphia on Monday Night Football. And LRB, we're going to spend the first hour and a half of the show on that. It's, why just an hour and a half? Just bump Bryce and Shane. <laughs> and just, just We'll go commercial free and just let you break it down and talk about 
the five and five commanders. Well, Willie has a real job, so he has to like get up early and, and do adult things. So he said right. he was sleeping while it was happening. <laughs> yes. So I was explaining what happened to him, and it was complete bully ball. It was run the ball three, four yards a carry, set up third and two, get the first down, move the chains. The time of possession was insane. Uh, it was basically 40 to 20. Uh, the commanders dominated and uh, got a shocking win last night. I know if you didn't watch it and woke up and saw the score, you were probably surprised uh, that Washington was able to win that game, go to 5-5. Five and five. The Eagles now 8-1 and one on the year. Well, the big shock that it was on the road, too. In Philly. And uh, the Boo Birds are out. The 8-0 fans wanted to see 9-0 and saw their team getting uh, kind of embarrassed at home and uh, gave them a, a nice boo. Well, the pressure's a nice off. Philly boo. The pressure's off the, the Eagles now. They, they, yeah. can, they can focus on uh, just winning enough games to uh, get that number one seed, I guess. Right, yeah. right. I guess, you know, you got to see the, I guess, the other side of the coin. And like you said, man, to get a loss now is better than losing later in the season, getting ready to go into the playoffs. You don't want to do that. So, What was the longest win streak you can remember you've ever, you've ever had? Man, that's a great question. Um maybe maybe four maybe five do, do you do you do you ever feel pressure when you were in a win streak or you just feel like the flow you don't feel like you're gonna lose yeah yeah i mean you don't feel like you're gonna lose you know when you lose you actually shot that you lost so how about this play will a huge turning point in the game a fumble by dallas goddard and jamin davis uh picks it up goes for a touchdown uh but it is called back uh because he was down but they miss yeah. a blatant face mask on it and that was uh it kind of reminded me of, of East Carolina on Friday and some of the calls we didn't get. It, it feels good to be on the opposite side of that because you're just like, well, they didn't call it. Not a penalty. It's right. all good. Right. Uh, but a brutal missed call in that game. And, hey, it happens, I guess. It happened to East Carolina on Friday. Yeah, yeah. You can't – I mean, you can't see them all. And, like you said, when you're on the side of the winning side of it, you, you have – well, I'm glad they didn't see that. But, you know, when you're on the other side, you're like, hey, man, why they ain't call those plays? And, you know, there were a lot of plays that um, the refs missed on uh, this past Friday, man. It was it was horrible to see. Question for you. So, last night when that happened, I was like, that is great. But also, uh-oh, Eagles are about to get every call the rest of this game, and I hope it doesn't cost us. And there was a pretty quick makeup call, but after that – it, it didn't seem to be one way or the other but do you remember that from playing where let's say maybe you held and they missed it or either you held it or they called you for hold and you didn't but then they'll throw a makeup call one way or the other did you feel like it went that way when you were playing football yeah no i think that's that's very true man i, I think it does happen um especially when it's a blatant hole in, and you're right in front of the ref and he missed it he, he's waiting for you to do it he's, just like <laughs> he's got his hand on the flag next play just <laughs> right. waiting. Yeah. yeah i guess it's human nature to try to even things out or whatever how often are you holding on every play as an offensive lineman I mean, I never hold. Maybe you talking about? <laughs> I mean, never. Just sometimes, sometimes they're more blatant and obvious than right, others. Right, 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 right. I mean, like when you maybe were holding, let's just say, for instance, if may, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. If, and, and the defensive guy gets up and he gets in the rest face, and, you know, he's yanking on his jersey, this and right. that. The next play, are you going with a different tactic, or what, what are yeah. you doing that I next? I mean, if you know you was holding, I mean, like you said, he, he's his shoulder pad is turned backwards, like, <laughs> And, and no laundry got on the field. The next right. play, what's going through Willie Smith? Oh, mind? man, you're trying to be as perfect as possible with your fundamentals, trying to shoot your hands inside and make sure you don't mess up because you know they're watching you. Everybody's watching you at that point. And there's different holes. There, I guess, Willie, you can speak to this better than anybody, but there's bad technique, right, or bad footwork. But also, 
sometimes you play against an elite player and you get beat and that happened i think several times friday night we have more penalties than we usually have uh and that's because we played a a high caliber team right and they have good players and it just seemed like on a lot of plays one not all but one of our guys would get beat yeah. and have to grab them from behind and, and that's yeah. a flag and that that happens in football yeah no that, that's a really uh good point i mean sometimes you're just out of position because you know you're laid off the ball or something like that but then other times the dude you're playing is just that good that's like you got a holder somebody's gonna get hurt so i mean sometimes you're just outclassed man and you, you saw that with some of the some of the plays man where the guys just were struggling um you know in, in protection what's the number one no-no for an offensive lineman well, the number one note on is to get beat, right? <laughs> don't get beat. Whatever it takes, like you know, you don't want your quarterback to get hit. So if you got to tackle somebody, that's what you're going to do. And how do you, what's the what's the best way that usually you get beat? Well, the number one way like, you get beat as offensive lineman is number one, you're probably laid off the ball. Um, you, you're not in your stance, and the guy he's coming at you full speed, and that's when you see offensive lineman just turn their hips and start to run. And now you're off balance, and that guy's going to hit you and knock you to the quarterback, or you're going to hold, and it's just going to be ugly. But that's what happens. While we're doing the the O lineman one on one here, I kind of like it with Willie Smith. We yeah. don't get an opportunity to ask these questions a lot, but well, what's the number one reason for a false start? Uh, it, it seems like it could be a couple of things. Willie not knowing the cadence, I guess, is one thing, or going early, but also i guess movement from the other side so yeah uh if you ever false start in your career which i don't i don't have it in front of me maybe you never did right uh what was the reason you might have done that if you played i definitely had some false starts (laughs) (laughs) and you know primarily when you have a false start you know it could be it, it depends on the situation in the game you know first off so if you're super tired like you you probably didn't even hear what the heck the cadence was. You just like, oh, just get back to the line, try not to die. Like, you know, that's what you're thinking about that moment, right? So you, you jump off sides in that case, and then in, in other times, you know, you may be going up there thinking, all right, man, I'm blocking this guy. This is my guy right here. And then they shift, and you're not really paying attention to what they're doing over there. That makes you jump off sides. Yeah. So it could be a lot of stuff like that, man. Let me run a scenario here. Fourth and one, fourth and two, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you're about midfield. The coach calls in the play saying we're gonna to try to draw them offsides. That's the worst. And man. then and then an offensive lineman <laughs> jumps. How does that happen? How does that happen, Willie Smith? Well, when the play the play is and they, don't they don't everybody in the huddle know? Look, man, do not move. Nobody yeah. move. Everybody's saying that, but for some reason, you always got that one guy, man. I don't know. One guy. That's got to be a sinking feeling, right? When you're going to the sideline, and it goes back to fourth and seven, and you yeah. are punting at that point. Right, right, right. No, that's that's the worst, man. Is that hard though when the quarterbacks because he's doing a lot of yeah? Uh, I mean, because you'll be surprised. You're in your stance. You. No, it's not, you know, they're not going to call a play. <laughs> you know, you know, they, they get you, man. Like, dang, that's pretty good. Right, right. Who was the best quarterback cadence you, you ever played with? Um, Phillip Rivers, man. He, he was the best at it, man. He, he, he just changed what, what made him the best. It was just, man, like, he would call a play, you know, he'll, he'll change it up. And then, you know, um, especially when you was playing against somebody that was really explosive, man, he was good at saying, all right, man, I'm going to say it like this and, you know, be ready to go. And he was just good at changing it up, man. And that helps when you're, you know, blocking somebody that's crazy good on the other side of the line. Willie Smith joining us. We, I, we've talked about this. Philip Rivers liked to junk talk everybody on the opposing team. Did he ever get after him? Damn, Willie, what you doing, man? Come on, Willie. <laughs> nah, Come on, Willie. Man. He didn't talk to his teammates much? Nah, like he didn't really get on the teammates because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know 
that guy got to go back out there and block again for you. So, <laughs> right. you Better don't stay wanna, on his good side. Man. Right. You don't so want to piss him off. You didn't get many tongue lashings in the huddle. It was more when you came to the sidelines. With right. The, when you, when and, you and, would do a false start or offsides. Yeah. That, I mean, they might say, well, come on, man. Let's go, man. Like, But your coach, he's the one that's ripping you a new one. Like, That's the one, hey, he's getting paid to make sure your guys are blocking. And then when you mess up, he's the one that's responsible for you know getting everybody in the right place. There's a great video going uh, that that goes around time and time again about Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday's in the news now. Have you ever seen that one, Ellerby, where they're on the sidelines? And I guess Jeff Saturday wanted to run the ball, and Peyton Manning kept checking the passes. And uh, and Peyton's yelling at, hey, Jeff, just ready. if we call a run, just block, Jeff. And uh, and or if we call a pass, and Jeff say run the ball, he said we'll call the plays. You just block. <laughs> and then Big Tariq Glenn, remember him, uh, yeah. Willie? He gets in the middle and then he tells Peyton to go sit down. And Peyton turns into like a little kid. He's like, "Well, Jeff's yelling at me. <laughs> Jeff, you just get." And, and it, it's hilarious that you know all y'all are brothers and and yeah. will do anything for each other. But there's always those little arguments during yeah, yeah, games. Nah, and so. Me, man, I was the guy that, like I said, I'm always fighting to be on the team. So I'm making sure I just try to do everything right because I don't want to be the guy that's getting called out, right? But I do remember a time where um, Nick Hardwick and uh, Phillip Rivers was kind of going at it, you know, on, on the sideline. And it was like, look, man, you know, y'all need to call these plays because a lot of times the quarterback, they get to call the audible that they want to call. And, you know, as a as an offensive lineman, if you know that's going to put you in a bad position, you don't want to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen bigger like that at times, but – you know, nothing to the level of what you... Most you offensive know. linemen are just kind of workhorses. They don't really... You don't really remember a lot of them for brash personalities. Yeah. They're just... I mean, most of the ones that lasted in the league just were... They did their job really well. They did... They, right. they weren't... They were just all business. It wasn't about... It wasn't about them. They're, they're, yeah. I mean, would you say the offensive lineman is the ultimate team player? I would say so, man, because, like, we don't get any glory. The only time we get a chance at glory is when they throw in an extra tight end and you get to go to score a touchdown when they throw a pass at you. But other than that, though, like, I mean, you're just going to go out there and do your job, man. Do you ever have your number called for something like that? There, there was an opportunity where I was going to have a chance to uh, to get a, a pass thrown at me, but uh, the play never got called in that game. But I was I was I was ready, man. You oh, were man. ready to go. <laughs> I was ready. Y'all worked on it at practice and everything. Yeah, yeah, practice and everything. Did you catch it every time. Yeah, yeah. Every in was practice. that here or in pro? No, that was pro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when I was with the Raiders. So yeah. you, you could have gotten a touchdown yeah. in the National Football League. Big boy League. touchdown. They yeah. never tried it, never tried it in a preseason game either, huh? Nah, nah, man. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Smith joining us. We'll circle back to ECU, but uh I mentioned Jeff Saturday. Uh how strange was that, Willie? And and as a former player, like what would you think if they called in an interim coach that wasn't in the building with you? And I I guess Colts players know Jeff Saturday. He's like a consultant and he was a great player for him and everything, but to have a guy whose voice you hadn't heard all year long come in and then be the leader, yeah, that, that that's got to be strange, right? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, you, I mean, you're absolutely right. So you're going through the season, and then you know everybody knows who you know Jeff Saturday is. So he got a little bit of credit, street yeah. cred, you know, so to speak. But to come in and say, hey, look, you're going to be the coach, and you haven't been here, you know, you don't know what we've been going through. I think that's a tough call, man. 
I think it was really They ended up winning. Uh, they beat the Raiders. So I think it might say more about Josh McDaniels and the Raiders than it does the Colts. But uh, for him to come in and win uh, off the street, one thing you did was put Matt Ryan back in a quarterback, which it didn't take a genius to figure out he's better than Sam Ellinger. But they weren't going to, I sent you that article, they weren't going to play Matt Ryan because they don't want to pay him his money, which is weird because then Jim Ursay, is that how you say the Ursay? Ursay. He hires Jeff Saturday, who wants to win. Well, yeah. He has to put Matt Ryan in, so it's kind of uh, like yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a weird dynamic there that right. that that probably the ownership or the GM is like, let's not play Matt Ryan because we don't want to trigger these bonuses or contract guarantees with Matt Ryan, so we don't. We so can, they that's, hamstrung that's the owner. They hamstrung Frank Wright basically and didn't let him play Matt Ryan. But fired him, and now the new guy gets to play Matt Ryan. It makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. It'd be like me taking three microphones out of here and being like, "Clip, you can't have any guests on. You just got to go three hours all day." I <laughs> fire Clip. I, I hire Willie Smith. Put all the microphones. <laughs> give it. Give him an unlimited <laughs> budget. He has his all his former right, players right, in here, and it's yeah, like right. the show's thriving again. It's <laughs> like right. it makes zero sense yeah, at all. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, Willie Smith joining us, talking a little NFL, talking uh, big picture football. All right, Willie, how about uh, Senior Day coming up on Saturday? Do you have any memories from Senior Day here at East Carolina? Um, I'm trying to think who we're playing. Um, senior Day. Was it UTEP? What Are you having a senior moment thinking about senior <laughs> I, I, day? I, I, I'm Smith? thinking back, man, on what we were playing. Yeah, back in 1884. <laughs> <where are> we? <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, I would just tell you from just uh, overall. It's like SMU. Okay, okay, cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, some so, team with a bunch of letters right, in there. Right, right, right. <laughs> they have some guys out there playing. Um, but yeah, man, just kind of going back to senior day, you know, you got a lot of emotions because you know that's your last time playing in the stadium, playing in front of the fans. And, you know, it could be your last time. If it's the last game, you know, it could be your last time playing ball ever, right? And, um, man, that's a lot of emotions going that game, man. You want to play your best. You know, you see a lot of guys anxious that first quarter be just, just because of all those things I just mentioned. And, you know, the younger guys are expected to play big on that day, man, because, you know, a lot of the seniors, man, they – just you know it's a lot of emotions on that day do you remember your last ever football game where you professional or got i guess obviously got paid to play football yeah yeah um but did you know it was your last game at the time no i didn't know it was my last game so, so you so you didn't have all the build-up or anything right, to it right, so right, so right. You, you didn't know it wasn't like the week 17 in the nfl and you you yeah. know maybe i'm not coming back next year or whatever right. what was what was your last nfl game uh last nfl game um well, I guess it's preseason when I was with the Panthers. That was would have been the last last game. Um, been on the roster would have been with the uh, the Chargers, and we were playing against the Chiefs. Okay, yeah. Uh, Chandler, can you get in here for a moment? I like I got some trivia for the 2010 ECU football team. Oh wow! Or I was just saying, get on the mic, but you can get right here. Hey, Chandler, what's up? How you doing? Hey, buddy. Hey, you said get in here. How are you good? Uh, are you good at 2010 ECU football that era? Yeah. That's kind of your prime spot, right? 12 years old. Around there. All yeah. right. Uh, what two members of the 2010 ECU football team were first team all-conference USA? 2010. Ruff's first year. All-conference. First team. Dwayne Harris. Yes. And I'm going to go, is he defense or offense? Offense. Dominique Davis. No. Try again. 
Willie Smith. Correct. <laughs> I, I wanted just, you to name like five guys right. and Willie Smith. I did, right I, yeah, I just I just realized. I was like, you know what? It's probably the guy that's sitting in this room that played on that team. He's right here. Right. Uh, how about second team, wide receiver, DB, and kicker? Uh, all right, kicker is Barbour. Michael Barbour. Um, I should have asked Willie if he could name the kicker back then. The DB. Yeah, <laughs> DB. I is mean, Dakota. Nah. Best, uh, best corner we've had in a while, maybe until recent years. Mm. Best. Oh, Emmanuel Davis. Emmanuel Davis. Um, Wide receiver, playmaker, transfer. Uh, came in here for a brief time. Uh, Lance Lewis. Lance Lewis is correct. Yeah. Well done, Chandler. Thank you. Good job. You Good made job, your man. excuse. All right. You only slightly insulted Will. <laughs> that was the main setup. No, you know what? I'm sorry, but I, hey, I'm just glad I got on the second try because it would have been embarrassing if I was just naming off Pirates one after another. Honestly, it just goes to show you when you think, I mean, you think about skill guys and you go yeah, see that, quarterback, running back, You know what? That's right. all I thought about. You don't, go, you don't think O-Lyman. Yeah. yeah. That's true. We'll Willie. try to get Dwayne Harris here next week. <laughs> All right, so uh, senior day, emotional day uh, coming up for these guys. And, man, especially when you throw in the COVID year and everything, Willie, these guys have been around here a long time. Holt Naylor's, Xavier Smith, Miles Berry. And then you got guys that are here for uh, a one and done, uh, like Winstead and and others. So uh, emotional day. Pirates still trying to – and we saw that I had a stat yesterday, Ellerby. uh, Since 1958, East Carolina has had 11 seasons of nine wins or more. So this could be number twelve. I mean, it kind of puts in perspective the opportunity this team has to kind of stand out above other pirate teams. Well, and they're still fighting to have finish with a winning record as well. So I mean, overall, overall, yeah. I mean, they could finish six and six and lose yeah. the yeah. bowl game. So I mean, it's it's possible they could lose their last three games. I'm a big uh, glass half full positive guy. You're a negative guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a coffee bean. <laughs> no, I I I feel. I felt good about the Cincinnati game. I feel very confident about the Houston and the Temple games. I, I feel like this this team, if they play like they have the last few weeks, I, th- I think they can come out victorious. I, this Houston team, I mean, they just gave up 77 points a couple of weeks ago yeah. to, to your SMU team that you, that you played. That's right. eye-popping, but also they just gave up 34 to Temple. Yes. Who can't get out of their own way on offense i'm very so, concerned that this could get a basketball score game which this game could last very long which yeah. would push back your fifth quarter at your two o'clock kickoff that you're loving right now maybe like a six o'clock start for the fifth quarter on saturday but uh i, I there's obviously it, all signs seem to point that it could be a, a big offensive day for for the pirates yeah no that, that would be awesome man if we can you know light it up like that man and uh Especially if the defense shows up, man, and get the ball back in their hand, man, and they can light it up. Um, but I guess it also depends on on how DK make the calls too. Yeah, and Holt Naylor's already a record setting quarterback. I mean, if that Houston defense, the or lack thereof, shows up on Saturday, yeah. he's really only going to add to his legacy and numbers uh, on Saturday afternoon on Senior Day. 
Yeah, yeah. Now that that'd be awesome, man, to see him light the board up like that, man. And it'd be, last time be fun to watch him have a nice pitch and catch with uh, Isaiah Winstead, C.J. Johnson, and just yeah. just have an all-around big day and, and go out in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium as a winner. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> go out and enjoy it, folks. Uh, you check the weather, Willie? How, how are we looking for Saturday? <laughs> well, I won't be here, unfortunately. I'll be in Baltimore, man. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Willie. We're, we're, we're playing in Greenville this weekend. <laughs> the, game, the, game, the game's not in Baltimore. We're playing Towson. We were just talking about senior day. <laughs> What's going on in Baltimore? More. Uh convocation, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh Willie just celebrated a birthday not too long ago. So this happy week, right? a birthday, Willie. Yep. Was it this week? It was this past weekend. All right, congratulations. Mike Houston celebrating a birthday today. And somebody just tipped me off to this. Brett McMurphy. I don't know why he has these stats, but uh he says, Happy birthday to East Carolina's Mike Houston. He's fifty one today. Houston is the sixth oldest AAC coach. And the 62nd oldest overall coach in the FBS. So there you go. Wow. For a, anybody wondering, Brett McMurphy has a lot of time. That's <laughs> 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 so all just thinking, how do you figure that out? Man? He's right there, kind of in the middle, I guess. I Mike mean, Houston, average so, age. Are him and Phil still somewhere up? And like, uh, you know, like that? We should get them on Jeopardy together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, holy cow! Very That's random crazy. stat there on the UBE stat sheet. Can we? Uh, can, is anybody ever going to fact check that though? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not. So. You got to worry about that. They can just throw out whatever he wants, I guess. Right. All right, so, uh, yeah, Mike Houston celebrating a birthday. Mike Houston, uh, very emotional LRB earlier today, talking about Holden Aylers. I heard. Uh, these seniors. So, uh, it's going to be uh, going to be some uh, eyeball sweat, as Ruffin McNeil would say, coming up Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, these this senior bunch has uh, really helped propel this football team last year and this year to being bowl eligible. Hopefully this year they'll actually get to yeah. play that bowl game, which all signs seem to be more positive for that happening this year. But uh, certainly uh, you can't really say enough about Holton Aylers. And, and this, when it's all said and done of how it, he started and how he finished, uh, it, it's a pretty special story and a cool story that uh, will be discussed, debated, and talked about for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about perspective. I mean, these guys will be they, – they've got six wins for the second straight year, but this will be the first time going and playing in a bowl game, and they've been around for so long. I mean, th- think about Willie's run. You went to bowl games every year, right? Yeah. Championship yeah. games. Yeah. And so, like, you – you might take it for granted by the right. second or third one and these guys are dying just to go to a bowl game so yeah. kind of all about perspective but shows uh the the building they've done here since they've been here and, and it would be nice three or four years from now from being bored with just going to bowl games, <laughs> right. right like yeah. where yeah. i mean it's kind of like with east carolina baseball everybody just assumes uh when regional. are we hosting the regional yeah. not not going to a regional now it's like well, right. well you know what they had that first weekend in june marked off of being like all right well We'll be hosting. I wonder who's going to become yeah. to Greenville. You know, yeah. it's just kind of taking for granted, which which is a great place for your program to be. Right. No, that's 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 huge, man. And that's when football's winning, man. Everybody's winning in town because there's more people coming, more money coming into the economy, man. So that's that's awesome for everybody. Couple of updates. Uh, C.J. Johnson, uh, he did he returned with the team, and it seemed like it was a precautionary deal. He's okay. He's good to go. And Mike Houston said that uh, Keaton Mitchell has been cleared. So. It uh, looks like uh, potentially leaning towards seeing Keaton Mitchell this weekend. Hey, look, and if all weapons are available to Holt Naylor's and Donnie Kirkpatrick and Mike Houston and the crew, uh, I mean, I, hey, could be a fun Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, and let's hope yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that'd be awesome, man, to have everybody out there firing all cylinders, man. Keaton, Johnson, all of them, man, making big plays. That'd be awesome. And, Willie, obviously safety in football has been brought to the forefront uh, in, in recent years, and 
concussions and things like that you know how in your playing days how many known concussions you think you had while you were playing known probably about 50 Nah, Nah, man, uh, I've never had one where I had to just sit out a game because I had one. But, you know, bell been rung a few times during during game play, of course. Um, When you played, what did they do when your bell got rung? Did they... Were you playing when they would put you under the tent and do nah, all that, or nah, that was, nah, that was, that was just kind of give you smell? Do offensive linemen get concussions as much as like receivers, running backs? And I would think not. No, they do though. Like yeah. um, King Dunlap, when I was with the Chargers, man, that dude got like freaking five concussions, man. Like what was happening? Like like you know, people when you get bull rush, he he would stop and use his head to yeah. stop him, and, and of course that was a bad recipe for right. concussions. Are you taught to keep your head up? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. keep your head back you know that's how you keep your head out of it man because of that reason right there alone do you ever remember like just a bad concussion to someone else in a game where you're where, where the play stopped and it was like whoa that guy's not gonna be good yeah i, I can't remember the, the player name but man you see a guy laying there like he's dead like i mean just body is not moving you know and they got to come out there on the stretcher bring put him on the stretch and get him off the field that's the scary thing to see, man. Is it hard to get back into game mode after a play, whether it's your teammate or the other yeah. team? How, how hard is that when the when the play stops and uh, all the medical people are out there, and then yeah. God forbid they have to come out and bring an ambulance or right. a stretcher out too? Right now, it, it definitely messes with your psyche a little bit, but at the same time, hey, we in the middle of a game, like you know, play the next play, so you just get back on it. Man. it just it takes one rep to get back right. in, then you kind of, I guess, you kind of forget about it as the as the right. game gets back into more action. Right. Willie Smith joining us. Willie, uh, what's your prediction? East Carolina, Houston. Uh, Pirates last check were a six point favorite uh, in the game against the Cougars. Uh, what's what, the total on, on our game clip? Uh, it's it's the highest of the year. I think I saw 66 and a half, but let me look again yeah. while Willie's thinking of a score. Yeah, so, you know, if, if the defense is playing the way it's playing with Houston um, and if we're going to have all our weapons, you know, let, let's say let's say we're going to put up 45 on them, man. And uh, Houston. I'm going to say, I don't know, 38, 39, somewhere in there. So, so a high-scoring game totals at 67, the over-under. So they're expecting a lot of points uh, yeah. coming up on Saturday. I can see and that. And so is Willie Smith. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if the Pirates are firing on all cylinders, that the Pirates get over 50 on yeah. Saturday. I, I could see that happening. Now, I think the key is East Carolina's got to convert offensive possessions early into touchdowns and not field goals to kind of kind of really set the tone and set the pace right where uh we we don't want to be in a field goal situation man well you just don't want to get where it's like you (laughs) get three three and then a seven to six right you know it's like man like it could be should be 14 to seven right now you know but like willie said sometimes our threes are zeros right that's another (laughs) you really don't want to be (laughs) yourself in that spot no all right uh willie tell everybody what you got going on man yeah, so selling real estate here, man. Anybody looking to buy, sell, or invest, give me a call, 258-8168. All right, Willie Smith joining us. Willie, uh, have a good weekend. We'll catch up with you again next week. Sound good, man. Right. You know what we're going to talk about next week, Willie? What's that? Turkeys. Turkey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clip's got his famous question. Yeah. He, he got, he, 
You caught? Did I catch you sleeping? A little bit. A little hey, were bit. you planning a full work week next week? Uh, no. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take a couple of days off. I, I might lose my job. I got to be here every day, it sounds like. You're, you're, you're so busy thinking about uh, Eagles and Commanders that you can't even focus on anything else right I'm now. I'm just playing the next play. Just play, Next just, play. Just talking the next minute. Is the next play Cy Seymour? The next play is Cy Seymour. We'll be talking ECU basketball when we return. Tough, tough, tough interview. When uh, we get back, Cy Seymour joins us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Let's take a break. Come back, have more for you on PRL and Tailgate Tuesday. Next segment, we'll be giving away a 12-pack of PBR for Tailgate Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. We'll tell you all about that when we return after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. A few stats to consider before we get to Cy Seymour. The stats to consider. East Carolina trails the all-time series against Houston 8-7, to so Pirates looking to even it up. Pirates looking to snap a three-game losing streak to the Cougars. Boy, last time East Carolina beat Houston, you got to go back to 2012. Let me look that game up real quick to see if uh, Shane Carden was at the helm. We'll be talking to Captain Carden coming up in hour number three of today's show. Pirates won that game 48-28. to Shane Carden, I would say he played because he had 305 yards and four touchdowns in that game. Let's take a look at the box score. I like looking at old names. Justin Hardy 0 for 1 in that game, throwing the football. Ventavius Cooper, 140 yards and a touchdown. Derek Harris, brother of Dwayne, three catches, 65 yards. Danny Webster had three touchdowns in that game. Reese Wiggins caught a touchdown in that contest as well. Last time East Carolina beat Houston, got to go all the way back to 2012 pirates also trying to even the series with dana holgerson uh east carolina is two and three against dana holgerson the pirates beat dana holgerson when he was a receivers coach at texas tech in 2000 that was a bowl game where the pirates knocked off texas tech um the pirates have lost to dana holgerson when he was a quarterbacks coach at houston in 08 uh, also, when he was the head coach at West Virginia in 17, and then last year in a frustrating overtime game at Houston. Uh, so we remember that one. So Pirates looking to go 8-8 eight and eight overall against the Cougars, 3-3 three and three overall uh, against Dana Holgerson. We will get back to football in a moment, but right now we'll talk some hoops as we head out to the Pit Electric Live line. Cy Seymour, color analyst on ESPN Plus, joins us. Here today on Pirate Radio Live. Sai, how you doing, man? 
Doing great, Clip. Uh, always love it when basketball's here and the red, and the commanders win. Everything's good. Well, I, we don't usually do this. We got a lot of hoops to talk, but we we got to take the opportunity when we can. Silas, so let's start with the commanders. How about that win last night over Philadelphia? Oh man, at Philly never happened. Great win for them. Glad they got it, and uh, they're five and five. I wouldn't have thought it this year. I, I'll take it. I, it. It's amazing. And we we don't get many opportunities. You're right. <laughs> We're going to flaunt it as much as we can today. Uh, so call all your Eagles buddies, your Cowboys buddies, let them know that the, the commanders are back, uh, at least for one week. So <laughs> That was fun to watch last night. I tell you what's been fun, Si, is East Carolina basketball. And, and Mike Schwartz uh, was kind of funny. Yesterday uh, we saw Damon West speak at the Murphy Center and – Brian Bailey was there. Mike Schwartz was at a table right beside us. And, and Bailey kind of he, – he used the joke on the table first. Uh, he said, hey, I'm going to go tell Schwartz that he saw that uh, he saw the score Wednesday night and they're already down 12 nothing." And we all kind of chuckled. And Bailey Bailey saw us laughing and said, all right, well, I'm going to go I'm gonna go say it. I'm going to go use it on him. And he went and used it on Schwartz. And uh, I think Schwartz kind of cracked a smile. But uh, I know he doesn't like how these games are starting, side, But it does make for some fun comebacks. Uh, just a, a crazy start to the year this year for ECU. No doubt about it. And, and I think, you know, when you really look at this ball club, nobody has any playing time that's really major enough to say, oh, there's guys that will get this game in control early. No, we don't. ECU doesn't have that. And what I said early in the year, he is going to have to make game-to-game, minute-to-minute decisions on who to put in the lineup. It, you know, when you've got a flow and you got guys back, you can say, okay, starting five. Somewhere around the five-minute mark, he's going to put in so-and-so. And you know it's coming. He doesn't have that luck. I mean, he's got 10, 12 guys that have never played a lot. He gets down. He's got to make moves now that can fit. He's having to work extra hard because it's a whole new ball club and give him credit he's done a heck of a job this early in the year and you've got to like what's going on and like the outcomes of how they're doing yeah and and boy saturday did not start the way you wanted they were down on the scoreboard and got in foul trouble and that includes uh the the point guard javon small so he goes with caleb lecount and lecount kept him in that game in the first half side he was a spark and uh, went to the line, made free throws, made some shots, uh, finally hit a three. Uh, the team started really, really slow from the three-point line. And and then you had R.J. Felton and, and other guys step up in the second half. But, man, the little guy, Caleb LeCount, uh, provided the spark on Saturday. Yeah, finished the night with 16. you got to understand a kid like that. He's from Los Angeles, inner city, not going to back down from anyone. No one's ever given him anything. So he's not scared of anybody on that floor, and he and you don't do how you don't do as good as he did and not be a player. And Coach Schwartz has the confidence in him to go in there in any tough situation and help him see you out. And I'm telling you, the kid's that good. I mean, you got to understand they're not going to back down from anyone. And if it hadn't been him, he would have gone to someone else. But my the great thing about Coach Schwartz. He, everybody feels like they are a part of this ball club and they can contribute. And, and so far, so good. And Cy, si, this is the first time we've had a chance to talk since the opener. So we've seen two games, and, and I said this after week one, after game one, and I can say the same uh, after game two with R.J. Felton and his big night, his big second half. 
but I love that the returners are kind of leading the way because we had question marks. Who's getting minutes? Who are your leaders? Who are the guys you're counting on? Game one, it was Javon Small and Brandon Johnson. Game two, it was R.J. Felton, the high man. And I, I think that's great. Mike Schwartz has said to us that these guys have bought in, these returners. And after two games, uh, it's certainly showing up uh, in the box score and on the court. No doubt about it. And and just think, we all know very few minutes for Javon Small. Very, I mean, we're talking eight to ten minutes a game top, not, not with Javon, but with R.J., and yet they are stepping it up and playing confident and doing a really good job. I mean, I, I look at R.J. If anybody had told me he'd go four for ten for three, <laughs> I'd tell you for crazy. But they are confident. They're playing with this man for, for Coach Schwartz, and they are they have bought in, and they are taking the shots and feeling confident and doing a good job. Give credit to the returning players for, for falling in and saying, we're going to get this done here. It's a big deal for East Carolina. Cy Seymour joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Cy watched the starting lineups on Saturday and looked down at the bench and uh, was trying to figure out where the heck is Brandon Johnson. We found out he was sick, and uh, I know they had some women's basketball players sick, and there's a lot of folks out there uh, going through the funk right now. So how is uh, Brandon, as far as you know, you think he'll be able to go on Wednesday? I feel like he'll be ready to go. I think he's working out uh, today and, Let's hope he'll be able to go. I think it's just just this, you know, this stuff going around, whatever it may be, uh, non COVID related. It's just one of those. Uh, everybody's getting it a lot just right now, and and I think he'll he, he's supposed to practice today, and let's hope he'll be ready to go uh, Wednesday. You just, you never know with this little bug going around. Everybody's getting sick, but let's hope he'll be ready to go. Cy Seymour joining us. Cy, a couple other things uh, I've noticed from the first couple of games. Uh, I really like Ezra and uh, his ability to to get from the top of the key to the rim. He can do it in the blink of an eye, and uh, he's got a, a pretty free throw stroke. I, I know we've talked about him, uh, the young fella, but he goes 21 minutes the other night. He scores six points, grabs a couple of rebounds, but he looks like uh, there's a lot to work with there, a lot of potential, and uh, I liked watching him the other day. You know what I like to hot clip is how much he changed from when he went in the beginning of that game and then in that second half when he got a flow of it, how well he played. Mm. He didn't back down. He, he took everything on and did what he had to do. Uh, I also like I, I like DeBarge Jay from, uh, from uh, Tennessee. He's doing a nice job defending. And I was glad to see Ben Bayala hit a shot. Yeah. Because it's too good not to. He knocked down a shot. Every every step, it's a baby step right now. These guys are players, and I like that they take them. And I want, and I like that the coach wants them to. They, these kids are going to be a big help to ECU basketball. And you said it right about Ezra Azor. He is going to be a player. I mean, and then now you, you, we didn't have Brandon the other night. You got another guy coming in that's going to get it done. So there are a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are so so young. And we've just got to give it time to grow. And that, and that's what this team has to do. The other part, too, that Cliff is important to me is that in the second half, defensively, we basically, from the three-point line, uh, we've held teams to little or nothing. Uh, last week against Presbyterian, they were 18% uh, in the second half, 2 of 11. The same way the night, the, the same way in the first game. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They are defending against Mercer. 
they are defending it well. And when you looked up at the end of the night, the two nights, when you told them, ECU's had 21 threes made, and the opposing opponents have had uh, eight. Well, when you do that to teams, I mean, 21 made and eight, eight versus eight. So when you get 21 made versus eight, look at the numbers for you. You know, that's just the way, I mean, that's just the way it is. It gives you more points. I mean, you're looking 12 to 14 points a game, and that's where the difference has been. ECU runs you off the three-point line and doesn't let you get a good shot off. That's so important in today's game. You cannot give up the three. So I see more joining us. I want to point out one more guy, Si, before we kind of move on. But Valentino Pinedo uh, the other night. Now, four points, two rebounds. It's not going to raise too many eyebrows. He did that in eight minutes. But did it kind of in a, an important time of the game where East Carolina needed some points. And he kind of reminded me, and and it's not fair to compare players, and, and I'm going to call him a baby Mikulas, but a, a little bit of Gabe Mikulas, the way he just kind of battled inside, got his hands on balls, went to the free throw line. He went four of six from the line. Uh, but kind of a calming presence out there when East Carolina needed it. And uh, his eight minutes proved to be pretty big on Saturday. Exactly. So you see, Pineda did a great job. I mean, he handled his, his awareness of where he is on the court is is really really good. And again, he, what I like is Coach Forrest says get in, and then he does he goes in, does his job, and and has a good night. And all and this is in the first two games that he's been able to get in uh, twelve kids a game and and uh, and see what they can do, and in pretty good minutes. But it'll get better. Because these kids are going to get better every time they hit that floor. I think I think it's so important uh, that how how he's handling this bench and fitting him in at the right time. Yes, I and boy, nobody's going to sit around and look in the crowd or or be kind of goofing off because they never know when their number is going to be called because uh, all these guys are getting some action. I do want to commend also the bench for how involved they are in the game. Uh, we. We called out the uh, the strength coach uh, for the first game and even game two. Uh, the way he was getting into the game, Keith Pugh, uh, the bearded man on the, the bench, but a, a, a very active bench side as a, a former coach. I mean, that, that's important, right, to have those guys locked in and engaged. Oh, you got to have them. And, and, when I, and you know, the other thing, everybody on that staff is hands-on. Everybody. They are, they are building in this culture. They want to win. They want to be on the same page, and it, got, it starts at the top. It starts with Coach Schwartz. He wants them to have input. They don't feel threatened. But that's the other part of that clip. The players don't feel threatened. See, they're, they're loose. They're firing it. They're shooting. You know, I, that's what I like. They go in, and they may miss some, but they, they know they're allowed and they can take them. If it's a good shot, they don't mind taking That That just builds confidence. And that starts with your head coach, and it goes all the way through the assistant, to the manager, to the trainers, to the weightlifting coach, everybody. Cy Seymour joining us, Pit Electric Live Line, East Carolina and Hampton, Pirates on Pirates coming up uh, 7 o'clock, Menji's Coliseum Wednesday night. James Madison blew out Hampton 106-58, to and then Hampton able to, to beat a lesser opponent 89-60. to I don't know if you know anything about the, the Regent Virginia team they played, uh, Cy, but uh, Pirates, uh, East Carolina will be a favorite on Wednesday night at home uh, trying to get to 3-0 and uh, against this Hampton squad. Yeah, Hampton's got really good guard play. They've got, they've got two veteran guards. Look, think about what uh, Hampton's been through. They were in the MEAC, then they went to the Big South, 
and now they're playing in the Colonial. They've, they've been through three three conferences probably over an eight- to ten-year period. And uh, when you look at that, less than that really, but they were in the MEAC forever. But my point is you're stepping up every step you make. You know, now he's going into the Colonial. He's got new kids. He's got a good kid out of uh, St. Louis, was a really good player, started at Memphis, then went to St. Louis University, and, that, and he's there now. He's a good player, plus good guard play, and he's a good head coach. Now, can you get him ready to go? And don't, don't, don't let anybody kid you. JMU has a tremendous coach and a good ball club. So you got to bring it every night out. This man will have a good – he'll be okay because he has veteran guards. They'll play tough. Uh, ECU has no veteran. None. So it'll be a better game than you think, but ECU is playing with confidence, and everybody on the team knows they're a part of it. So ECU's got, got to continue that way of playing. And the road gets a little tougher ahead. They'll go to Florida for the Gulf Coast Showcase, play Indiana State on Monday. And I know Toledo uh, could be awaiting the next game for East Carolina. I watched them side Friday against UAB. Toledo, a very impressive team. They're one of the, the mid-majors to watch this year. So, uh, And then at Old Dominion after that Gulf Coast Showcase is done. And uh, we played the Monarchs twice last year in two pretty good games. So uh, things going to gonna stiffen up a little bit, it looks like, uh, coming up soon. No doubt about it. You're, you're playing, it, and it's going to get tougher after that. The, the December schedule is really tough. Even the conference schedule opening up is really tough. Yeah, it, when, you, when you have to go to Old Dominion, then play uh, South Carolina in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, that is so, so tough. And then you've got to go to UNCW. That's three away games that I frown upon if I'm ECU. I, don't, I want to play at home all I can play. That is really, really difficult. But it'll make the team stronger in the long run. But you're right. The tone is going to change. The intensity and the competition is going to pick up tremendously. Cy Seymour joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Great night of uh, college hoops coming up tonight, Cy, with some big games. Uh, I think Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke. So we're right here in it, man, where you've got uh, football to watch just about every night of the week, college basketball, whatever you want. Uh, it's out there for you. Yeah, it'll be a good to see our old friend Joe Dooley at Kansas and, yeah. and helping out with that staff. And man, that'll be a good bowl game to watch. And, and But it's, it's just a wonderful time of year in Kentucky. Uh, it's just a treat to watch, and they got a great shooter over there. I, and I love I love the way they play. I like Calipari. I like, these guys that are in the upper echelon, they're there for a reason. They're very good at what they do, and it'll be a fun night to watch basketball. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to being in Minji's. Coming up Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Cy Seymour will be on the ESPN Plus broadcast as the Pirates take on the Hampton Pirates. Silas try to get to – three and oh thanks for the chat man and uh we'll catch up with you again next week you got it cliff enjoyed it all right pirates pirates coming up wednesday night seven o'clock mingy's coliseum as we go to timeout, let's make you a winner with some pbr pirate fans get stocked up for tailgating season with pbr at your favorite retailer look for the qr code on the pbr display register for a chance to win a pbr cooler full of beer Game day or any day, all Pirates prefer PBR. One more home tailgate for football. A lot of basketball tailgates coming up. There's no law against tailgating for basketball. So grab a 12-pack of PBR and uh, go tailgate at Minji's after Saturday. 
Uh, what color, Shirley? Foe? Three. Foe? Foe. One, two, three, foe. Caller four, three, one, seven, twelve, fifty. If you want to win a twelve pack of PBR, we're back with more. Wrapping up hour number one after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 60,000 followers today. And congratulations to Brandon Manning, who was our big winner. Walks away with a case of PBR. Arr. Brandon Manning left uh, left a lasting impact on ECU baseball. Why, yes. Yes, and he did. And on this program. Congratulations, Brandon. You know, Shirley, I was thinking about this. Commanders, Eagles last night. I almost texted you last night. But then I refrained because I was like, oh, I don't want to jinx it. Well, you know, our dolphins are playing well, but <laughs> my well, see, commanders are also playing here's well. Here's the thing: see, you're a commanders fan. One of my dear friends, Jimmy, uh, is a diehard Eagles fan. Well, he's a Philly sports fan across the board. So he he likes the uh, the Phillies. He likes the Eagles, etc. So I uh, sounds like a real scumbag. <laughs> I'll tell Jimmy you said that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I texted him because when they jumped up 14 to 7, I texted him and I said, oh, God, you're getting ready to do the Fly Eagles Fly thing, aren't you? Oh, thank you. And I didn't know you were doing in-game text to a Philly fan. That's good mojo for me. And then, But then I was like, well, I need to text Clip, too. But then something happened and I got sidetracked and I didn't do it. And now I'm thinking, I probably jinxed the Eagles and did not jinx the Commanders equally. So please, no text during game, Shirley, unless you want to send it to a fan. I've got a buddy named Jake. I hope Jimmy's not listening because he will, he will call me and dog cuss me for, for doing that in the middle of a game. i got uh, a friend named Jake, only uh, Texans fan I know. I'm going to give you his number. So on Sunday, <laughs> if they go up, I want you to text them and say... Oh, Texans looking good. So uh, wa- I don't think you're going to have that problem with the Texans. Washington really. uh, played the Eagles last night, right? And and the Eagles, the Eagles were living life in the fast lane with an eight and zero record, and thought they'd be able to take it easy last night. <sighs> wow, you're going that. Their you're going fans that route. probably had a peaceful, easy feeling going into that game. I can't tell you why, mm-hmm. but there was a new kid in town named Taylor Heineke playing for the Washington Commanders, and he put the Eagles fans in the sad cafe. <laughs> but in the long run, I think the Eagles will be all right in the city of brotherly love. 
what did the commanders do last night well they wasted time by uh really controlling the football for most of the entire game they they took it to the limit <laughs> one more time um any others uh eagles fans will try and love again their team but the question is will the eagles have to go out on the road and stay in hotel california <laughs> uh i would say so shirley i would say so i think that's all i got okay well done though and mike mullis is a fan of the song desperado and he joins us here today on the show hello molly hey boy how's it going i'm taking it easy there you go uh i feel like we've had this discussion before i i think i called that salmon and you disagreed and said it was another color what color are you wearing today that's salmon salmon all right you eat fish yeah what's your uh what do you like uh, you know i'm pretty easy <laughs> this is strange you a trout I, 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 I like trout i like flounder i like sea right. bass fish I, guy i like shrimp all right i like I, good old tilapia yeah don't bother me all right good some, deal some rock and some fish too just getting to know you a little bit man some oyster, yeah it's our first date <laughs> these are the kinds of questions i ask uh first date with my wife i said you you like fish and she said well i'm here with you <laughs> is, that, is that supposed to be funny well i it, it, am i mistaken or were you not do you not have family that was in the fish business yes okay uh, so the, my father's the tilapia so that just shows that i know you better than than you know me and that was my, my i reference. see where you're going yeah. now boy you do know me well well i mean we were in the hospital at the same time with our kids that is true yeah. we're uh we're hospital kid bros all right we got to get a break in though and in this fantastic talk and we'll come back we'll talk football uh, we'll talk a little bit of everything as we do on Tuesdays with Mully. That is on the way, hour two of Pirate Radio Live. Some easy listening on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility, and they do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. Thank you, Shirley. Chandler Honeycutt here. Mike Mullis joining us. Always enjoy an afternoon with Mully. And hey, back-to-back days. Saw you yesterday. Yeah. Damon West. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was speaking, and a uh, great message. Kind of the second time, I guess, I've heard that, and it didn't get old. Well, it I told Ellaby earlier today, I've heard it numerous times, too, or watched it online or whatever, and um, there were still things, little nuggets, that I'd not heard before that I picked up on. And it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, it was it was cool to, to have him here and for 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 the guys that set it up 
We got a senior day coming up on Saturday. Molly got pirate basketball coming up Wednesday night in Minji's Coliseum. You can try to catch the game Sweet. this year until like tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh wow. You gonna try to go to a game? Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I almost answered your open roll call there for uh, on Twitter. Your desperation plea for you and Chan that you rolled out there. Hey, does anybody? It was just short of a cry for help. Hey, we we really would like to have somebody come sit with us. I thought. And I almost answered it because I, 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 I was worried that I need to come do my thing. I, I thought to... it was being generous, trying to spread the good word of pirate basketball. I think you'd have been better just to say I have two tickets in Section 213 if anybody want them because I think you discredited them a little bit when you said, come with Chan and I. I think you would have had takers. Maybe I'm overvaluing myself and Chandler's company. like people. I, I think that just would have been a great surprise oh i see a little bonus yeah a little bonus were you upset that i didn't go off social media and ask you personally well no not really okay because i really thought about all this on saturday i don't, I don't think upset is a good word i was like well you know if clip would have called i would have uh... it was a last minute thing my dad was kind of on the fence he had something to do no good and couldn't go and it was like what time three three thirty three twenty five or whatever and, and honestly i saw it later on because i was working a camp at, at exactly uh, you were with meadows don't start this I, oh, you, yeah, know, yeah. you did a great job right there you elevated but you brought it back down which was that i appreciate that i remembered i you i'm did. taking you the coaching yourself. Yeah. taking the coaching no and that camp man was awesome I, down east hitting camp got a pitching and catching camp coming yeah, up coming up coach meadows uh ryan does an incredible job with organizing that thing and people take for granted that oh it's just a camp man there is a lot of logistics to go into pulling that thing off and and nobody's more prepared than that cat we had jake washer on last week and what i like about it is you have those legendary names i'm from here so i know all those high school coaches names from years ago great players uh and and current coaches but i do like the sprinkling in of washer Brickhouse, bryson whirl like yeah. guys that uh just graduated from east carolina that are now taking part of it. it's pretty cool to see them kind of leave their stamp and uh and and help out the kids yeah and what well, look and, and what was lost on a lot of people there maybe specifically younger kids you had uh, RV, Coach Vincent was there. You had Coach Fulgham there. You had uh, Howard McCullough. Coach McCullough was there. You're talking about dudes that have seen, and, and not that that discredits anybody else, but that, that's kind of the Mount Rushmore of Eastern North Carolina baseball, yeah. uh, you know, at least in, in, in our generation. But, uh, yeah, it was and, – and I think uh, the award goes to and, – and I thought about Troy in this. This would be the Troy Dreyfus Most Photographed Award because it would have been presented to Bryson Worrell. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so it was kind of funny that some of the guys that were uh, that were coaches, that were instructors, uh, they were instructed by their wives to get pictures of them or them and their kids with Bryson Worrell. <laughs> and I made the comment to one guy specifically, and I'll not mention his name, but I said, you know, basically what she's going to do is crop you out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so anyway, it was uh, I, I offered to stand in Bryson's stead, but uh, he was able to get Bryson wrangled up and, and get a picture with him for, for his bride. So Good deal. Uh, so that was the hitting camp, pitching and catching camp. When is that uh, coming up, Molly? You know what? Not? Typically, it runs pretty close to uh, – it's in January, okay. and, and it seems like – for the last several years it has worked out that we would leave camp run home get a shower and then go to the baseball banquet so okay. i think the baseball banquet time. this year is like the 28th maybe of january as what up I, I, and i don't hold me to that date but okay um, roughly around that time yeah okay. yeah so I, it'll be somewhere around there burley speaking uh this year yeah yeah so i'm sure that'll be a laugh fest i mean he's a he's a charismatic dude <laughs> uh and you mentioned mccullough howard mccullough 
uh clayton i remember saying this when his name was mentioned with the mets job that now anytime there's a job opening you're going to see him as a possibility we saw that this offseason but what's the latest on him is he I, saying I, I, I hadn't heard anything I, I think as far as i know i know he uh he did have an interview and i want to say maybe it was the royals kc job uh i think is right um and then i guess the white Sox came open i did not hear his name batted around and that one it very well could have been i mean you know that it wasn't but um but i i, I haven't heard that he's making a move and i've not had a chance to speak with him all right mike mullis joining us here in the pirate radio studios mully uh the nfl gets crazier by the week and last night we saw the commanders uh make the eagles look human yeah i yeah i there's not a whole lot else to be said yeah they the, the commanders commander skins or whatever they, they they they're called the commanders they're not what do you mean they're not i i, I don't care what you want to call what's them? your hat got on it uh ron rivera ron yeah, yeah okay uh it's just <laughs> it's I, a throwback i'm still not accepting of that it's just weird to me and i think they're gonna change when schneider's out they're gonna change the name again yeah just keep changing it I look guess. at I, and I, well it's great for you know swag sales but i i would think I, you know the washington football team almost didn't mind well their sales now have to be down because their logo is a w and it's very boring it's garbage. Like they need they don't even have a logo no they just have a letter right so it is very boring. It what is a commander? It means nothing. Commander it has in no chief. significance of anything. Well, commander in chief, I think, is where they were kind of trying to go with that. So we're the presidents? I don't think so. I don't think that, that I don't think they have a direction. People can't see me, but I'm rolling my eyes because I know people are thinking, "Here he goes. He's elevating the pitch." No, I I agree that they don't have a direction, but I think Thank you. what I'm saying is the commanders was a play on the commander in chief is the only where else do you come up with it from i mean i don't know in military you have a commander but right? you, yeah yeah you do that's you, what but, i'm thinking of but that's your that's your team you don't you didn't research the historical value of the name commanders yeah and no there results none, popped up right? uh, google was empty maybe you should write a wikipedia page about this it said uh, ask yeah, yahoo got nobody that's a jeff ross joke he told it better than i did yeah who's your favorite comedian clip brock <laughs> wow you have low standards tony castleberry <laughs> he's a funny guy he is a funny guy funny guy uh so yeah last night they played bully ball uh controlled the time of possession and had some freak stuff happen as well some crazy fumbles and that's what it takes to pull an upset in the nfl speaking of upsets we call in the packers over cowboys i guess technically i guess it's an upset it's an yeah. upset yeah and I, I mean but again nobody thought that they wouldn't win that game i think even cowboy fans are like we got no chance here and Dak was helpful uh for the packers but uh I, you know the, the the game of the year to this point as everybody's referring to it was so ugly uh so many it was the game of the year from an excitement standpoint but there was some really boneheaded stuff that went on in uh in the bills game i mean you see what happens when you try to go under center in 2022 yeah, what yeah what are you thinking can't get us I mean, complete the snap right you just can't get it off but yeah i don't know man the nfl i still kind of towing the line and somebody said it the other day i don't remember who it was that were like you know even the production value just seems to be down and i don't remember who it was that said that but i, I agree it just seems like a, a really odd product this year and tony uh dunn was saying friday that when he goes from a fox game to a cbs game he says cbs is way better than fox i'd say what do you what do you mean by production i, I don't I, it, he was talking about the tv broadcast and I, th- I think that's what it wasn't my statement somebody else made it to me it's just all looks weird and fox has always been a little behind cbs i agree yeah i mean it's 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 kind of like their thing almost you know it's their 
uh, their renegade kind of you know that that kind of deal but um yeah i don't um i don't know it just seems the product on the field for some reason seems to be diluted i i'll always love it and watch it but al michaels on thursday night seems like he couldn't care less about the game who does he sounds so bored and just who and wants to watch that garbage who who's playing this thursday it's actually funny you should ask i think it's your team really i believe so i think it's a good game titans and uh packers let me look it up that'll be by far the best game they've had on there all year titans and packers an important game on thursday okay night. all right well it's still flipping over to amazon and i've gotten so accustomed that if i'm watching there'll be college games on i prefer to watch the college game and look it's the total of this game's 41 it's still Tannehill versus old rogers it's going to be an ugly game no just because it's important doesn't mean it's going to be good that's right but i i I prefer the hitting of the last button you know on the remote to flip back and forth so to go from last to pick up the fire stick to switch it or the remote for the fire stick to switch over to i don't know the the amazon thing just um i know what you mean by that it's 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 sad to say but it's a little inconvenient this uh thursday smu at tulane is your college option okay so that'll be uh thursday night well uh tonight uh well before we move away from the nfl i guess we can move away tonight we'll have yeah we do have maction uh bowling green toledo and ohio versus ball state on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck thanks Chandler. i enjoy those games the max games yeah i do i enjoy them they're not very i guess they are they're they're on tv because they're made for tv but like it's always gray and there's like no crowd right and it looks like it's negative two degrees well maybe but, I, maybe i just enjoy all those things you enjoy all those i mean it's so it's like football by alfred hitchcock they also are weird and high scoring and crazy things happen that, and, so. and what i like about it too is i can tell my sons listen it's this college football has all kinds of ranges to it so yeah. it, it does it's not necessarily uh the product that you get at east carolina game here's a, a you know a, a level that's below that and here's and then you watch you know alabama or clemson whoever else well maybe not clemson right now but alabama and you can see the other side so I don't remember being so invested and excited about the the college football playoff talk leading up to the actual playoff itself. Usually, I don't I don't even care. Or, well, you like the year, chaos. This year we have some chaos, and it's fun. So we saw last week uh, TCU win to stay undefeated, and now they uh, will be what i mean i heard people say they could be number one yeah, with their resume that's right but you still got georgia ohio state michigan who are undefeated um you had oregon lose to take them out usc is now nine and one they play lsu and notre dame two ranked teams how high can lincoln riley if get? they win those games they're in but again somebody's got to come out ohio state michigan loser are they done so you gotta think so one loss tennessee what do you do with them one loss north carolina i don't know it's yeah what's what's tragic about it is those teams are really really good they're going to be some really really good teams on the outside I feel like tennessee in. should be in it uh, well but they're not they're probably not but these good teams and then you know the last time they play a regular season game we talked about a little bit last week some of these teams will go back out and their their top dudes won't play that don't get in the playoff and that's Man, that's that's kind of unfortunate, you know, because if you're talking about like Tennessee, it's not going to even be the same product, so it's hard to even get fired up about Tennessee. And Tennessee, 
or whoever it is that's on the outside looking in, it's still going to have a really good bowl. Yeah, and that's why it takes away from like whoever the group of five team is that plays that SEC right. team. Like it's, it's yeah, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. Yeah. Hey, there's an idea going back to our NIL conversation. Maybe if like if it's the uh, Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, maybe they write each player a check to play in that game. All right. Now that would be that would be a uh, wonder what it would take to get like a guy who's a first rounder, projected first rounder to play in that game oh that's a good point though he's about to make millions right so i was thinking 50, like a hundred dollar check or something for no, every I, I, i'm like fifty thousand. you know yeah but you got to pay every oh are you paying different players different yeah amounts yeah, of money? yeah 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 you, i mean you have to right there's yeah. some value there it, it could almost be like a but fa- for that walk-on to get a hundred dollar check to oh, play sweet, in a game sweet yeah that'd be great and all he's got to do is hold up a chip <laughs> but you, it, you you could almost have like a fantasy situation like oh right because they do have to do something for tostitos yeah uh they yeah. just so do a twitter post boom that's it okay yeah after the game but bag of chips on the head i don't know how much you're joking about this molly but no i think that's where we're headed yeah to get players to play in ball right. games yeah yeah you might be right all right uh anything else going on molly man lots of stuff uh did you see uh Rory, I know you don't follow golf very closely. Rory came out firing at Greg Norman again. Rory better hope that the Live Tour and the PGA Tour can figure something out, which it does not look promising that that will happen. When you say figure something out. Like maybe the uh, ability to coexist. Okay. Yeah. Um, because if not, Rory's going to find himself playing in a JV Tour, which it's kind of – look, man, I love Tony Finau. You know this. We've talked about this before. Tony Finau went how long without winning? A long time. He's now won twice in the last year. Now, why do we think that may be? It's kind because of like it's, our Tulane versus uh, or UCF versus Auburn. That's exactly thing. what I was getting ready to say. Yeah. yeah. It's the I mean, and it's not, again, it's not that the maybe Dustin Johnson doesn't play in that, that event, but there are guys on the live tour, several that would have been in these events that Tony's won. Tony's finished in the top 10 a bunch. Now, when you remove some of those guys, that creates that upper mobility that is kind of by default. The so. Live Tour is out there existing on its own with plenty of financial backing, correct? Unspendable money. But their next step, I mean, they, they do want to have a TV contract. So, right? last I saw or read, they were negotiating a deal with Fox that they were going to buy time and do their own deal. No different than if I came in for people listening that, that – if I came on here and said, look, I want to do a show, but I'll sell the ads, I'll do whatever, you you just tell me what that hour of time, I want to do it from four to five, whatever. And that, then you get the money from like, the yeah, ads. So, so if Pirate Radio charged me 1000 bucks for that hour, yeah. if I could sell $10,000 worth of ads, then giddy up. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the live tours approach, which I think is kind of interesting. And you know, Fox has got to be going, dude, this is perfect for us. So they don't have any PGA Tour stuff. That's NBC. And yeah, Fox. May, Fox has had some things intermittently, like, and I don't remember what the events were, but no, most of them are um, CBS, NBC, obviously Golf Channel. Yeah, you know, interesting. Uh, to because that if they are starting to be recognized and be watched and become the number one option for golf viewers. Well, what's happened is now all of a sudden uh, Ricky Fowler allegedly is going to make the move. Uh, Patrick Cantley allegedly is making the move, and Xander Shoffley. So those two of those guys are top ten in the world rankings, and Ricky Fowler is just uh, obviously a draw. 
you know everybody still digs the orange mike p likes your uh your eastery pastel colored quarter zip sweet thank you good callaway appreciate that ready for the course Mm. all right molly to play today beautiful beautiful weather outside it's like mac football out there it is getting ready for some action tonight mactastic molly uh we'll check in with you later man okay all right that was fun yeah it was kind of quick yeah i mean what else do we got no 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 we're good yeah, I don't, I don't, I yeah. don't know if we missed. No, anything. enjoyed it. I want to get you to a basketball game though. I'm in. Let I'm gonna send you a an invite privately. A DM. I'm gonna slide into them, buddy. You DM me. I'm gonna slide into those wow. DMs. You can just call me if you want to. All right, fine. Okay. Let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk to Sam Raz from the Scott and Holman podcast covering Houston athletics. We're six and four. They're six and four, but it's a, a different six and four. They are uh, having a disappointing season out in houston we'll talk about that when we return on pirate radio live on a tuesday back with you after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need uh, custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip. Pirates, Cougars going at it Saturday. 2 o'clock pregame coverage beginning 10 a.m. right here on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to that kickoff. Let's talk some Houston Cougars football now. Every time uh, the Cougars and Pirates get together, we reach out to our buddies from the Scott and Holman podcast uh, and Sam Raz joining us today here on the Pit Electric Live Line to talk about these Houston Cougars. Sam, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Despite the best efforts of my own modern football team, I am uh, bright and chipper and here to talk some uh, Cougars Pirates with you. (laughs) Uh, One more time, the Cougars and the Pirates will go at it as AAC members, Houston off to the Big 12. And uh, you've got that uh, going for you there, Sam. I've talked to folks from UCF and from Cincinnati as well and just kind of the anticipation to – to join a new league and i know if i was in y'all's shoes i'd be excited about it just about a season goes along how much are you thinking about the future and next year and, and the big 12 a fair amount i think what's most exciting about it is it's just a chance to play a bit more of a regional regionally appropriate schedule though that was difficult for me to say there uh not that i haven't enjoyed our time in the american i think the american as we have both of our respective teams were formerly to say it now in the American. I think we can honestly say the American is a step up there, but it'll be nice to the kind of teams that your average Houston fan interacts with more. If you're your average Houston fan, you probably know a good number of people that went to Baylor, a good number of people went to Texas Tech, TCU, uh, even Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And that's just not something you got from even the more geographically uh, appropriate uh, schools in the American, like your Tulane's or Tulsa or SMU, you just didn't really encounter a lot of those fans. So that's exciting. I think it's the biggest picture sense, but also 
it, it kind of makes this season that much more worrying that uh, this team has struggled in the areas it's struggled in, and looking ahead, your schedule is going to be considerably harder. You are going to be facing uh, considerably fewer teams where you can uh, get away with uh, what the Cougars have done this year in terms of football product. So maybe in a little picture sense, that's worrying. But I think, you know, on the whole, if you're a Cougar fan, and include myself in that, you're pretty excited about the, the move that's coming up here uh, next season. Sam Raz joining us, talking Houston football, East Carolina Right now, sitting at a disappointing uh, six and four, or I guess more of a frustrating six and four. Whereas Houston, uh, maybe the word disappointing is more appropriate uh, with the expectations going into this year. And kind of a big picture question here, Sam. I'm curious about. I guess it, maybe Dana Hogerson is one of those guys that if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you hate him. Uh, he does not have the probably highest approval rating outside of Houston. So I'm curious for Houston fans, uh, what's the, the thought, the, the take on uh, on Dana Hogerson as head coach? I think the things that I, I would say makes him not have the highest approval rating, as you put it, among uh, fan bases outside of Houston, I don't know if that's the big concern. I think the big concern is just that in a season where expectations were high. This wasn't a situation where expectations were high externally. The team was like, well, we still have things to work on. The team was very much in on the, we came close last year. This is the year where we get over the hump. We're trying to be this year Cincinnati. It, it was definitely not slow played by the people in the football building and to have the kind of season you're having. And then just at certain points this year to have Holger sit after a really frustrating, a much, much, much closer it should have been uh, win over Rice, to have him say after the fourth week in a row of the team just really not playing good discipline football, well, I don't take any responsibility for that. He did a few days later say, well, I was speaking in frustration. I do take responsibility. May culpa, blah, blah, blah. I think he was saying the truth the first time. And I think that's been frustrating. There was a, a point during the two-lane game where uh, he was openly yelling and gesturing at fans. So that's not to say that winning can't cure that, but it's, it's frustrating because this is year four. This is his team in terms of the roster, in terms of the assistance. You can't – I think in you know, the first year or two, you could look at the previous staff and the recruiting families of those previous staff and say, okay, well, the staff's trying to dig their way out of that. That's all the case. This is fully – their program, but the results have been pretty disappointing. So I would say if his shtick was accompanied by winning, if his shtick was accompanied by a team that was 8-2 or 9-1 right now, I don't think many of us have a problem with it. Uh, but given the way this season has played out, they've been disappointing aspects of the season to date so far. It makes it, makes it that much uh, tougher to stomach, I guess, if that uh, answers your question. And, <laughs> and he is very much not going anywhere, by the way. This this man is owed a, a buyout well into eight figures. We're not talking Jimbo Fisher territory here. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw somewhere around 17, 18 million, but even with this program going to the Big 12, 17, 18 million to buy out a coach isn't something we have exactly in the couch cushions here. Yeah, so Dana Hogerson will be making the move with the team and the school to the Big 12. Uh, Sam Rass joining us. Sam, uh, boy, you play some fun games just looking at the averages. Uh, Houston is averaging 37 points a game. They're giving up 36 points a game, and we've seen some nail biters. Uh, boy, I think both you and I helped uh, 
crushed the souls of Memphis with the way those games turned out this year. So there's been some entertaining games. There's been some disappointing ones. But let's go uh, offensively here with Clayton Toon. Uh, we talked to some players uh, on Monday inside the Players' Lounge, and they are very well aware of the, the quarterback and the offense that Houston has. So what's uh, what's gone right? Who are some uh, players to watch coming up on Saturday? I think that's been one of the encouraging things about the last month of some change. That was the really frustrating thing early on is that we had high hopes of offense. We actually kind of expected some defensive regression, though, as we'll probably get to, not nearly as much as what we have actually seen. But really, in the last month of change, you've seen the offense that we were kind of expected to start the season with, a fifth-year quarterback who's within his fourth year in Dana Holgerson's system. And he's, he's done really well. He's a guy that can move the pocket with his feet, I think, we saw a lot of encouraging things last year, but we were also seeing a guy who I think spent a lot of last year still recovering from a hamstring injury he suffered early on. We're seeing mobility that we haven't seen from Clayton Tune previously. I don't think you're going to see 15 to 20 designed runs in Greenville on Saturday, but you're going to see him stretch the pocket with his feet. You're going to see some designed runs and him be able to find guys by uh, moving around the pocket. So I think that's been very impressive. And a guy who really, there aren't many throws he can't make. So that. And something else has been really encouraging. See, Clayton Tune finally put it all together. And I think if you were to assign blame for why this team is 6-4 and four to this point, I think Clayton Tune would be near the bottom of that list. But uh, it's been really encouraging. Take Dell, I think uh, anyone who's even half aware of this Houston team would know that Tank Dell is going to be the first option uh, in terms of who Clayton Tune's going to throw the ball to. But I think what's made this offense really from about the fourth quarter of the Memphis game through present so impressive is that it hasn't just been the Tank Dell show. Tank Dell is going to be Tune's first option throwing the ball, but you've seen guys like Sam Brown, um, uh, Christian Trahan at times in the tight end position, uh, Kishon Carter, and the last couple weeks, uh, one of the program's best ever recruits in the modern era, Matthew Golden, who the Cougs flipped from TCU last year signing day. He, uh, he caught the game winner against uh, Temple, a really nice diving grab to the end zone, had 100-plus yards. Uh, in that shootout loss to SMU. So uh, deep receiving options to it. At running back, uh, Stacey Sneed, a, uh, a third-year COVID freshman who really didn't see, I don't think, any action his first two years on campus and starting to find his own. He had well over 10 yards of carry. Against Temple, has some values all-purpose guy. I think one of the really strong positives coming out of this year, however it finishes up, is if Sneed really looks like a guy who can make that leap to the Big 12, is going to be a difference maker the next couple of years, along with uh, Alton McCaskill, who... Uh, it was great last year, but unfortunately, uh, out for the season in the spring. And the offensive line's played better, too. I think uh, if the Cougs have any chance in uh, winning Greenville on Saturday, it's it's going to have to give up. The offensive line is going to have to give Clayton Toon the kind of time to find his receivers they've been giving him the last four or five weeks. And I think that's a really encouraging sign, too, because every single one of the offensive linemen who is started or played is projected to be back for next year and potentially the year after that. So. For all the negatives I have about this team, for the dour tone I probably had to start there, there are a lot of reasons to be excited offensively. It's just uh, the whole stopping people has been a bit of a <laughs> That it has. And, uh, of course, we all know about the 77-63 final against SMU. Maybe more alarming that Temple's able to score 36 points on Houston last week. Uh, but before we get to the defense, I'm just curious. There, there's a lot of guys out there and uh, – I've done this with college basketball and, and to some degree college football, but uh, when an opponent sees that Holden Aylers is still in East Carolina, like how shocked are you that Holden Aylers is still playing college football, Sam? 
Because I, I, I remember, actually, I was out in – you remember, I, uh, I saw you all out there. I was out in Greenville for yeah. that 2018 game, which uh, Holton Naylor's played a decent amount in. And that was Major Alpoise last year. It's been a good long while since has <laughs> been uh, the head coach of this program. That's, that's my kind of point of reference. It's just like, wow, wasn't this guy a uh, upcoming, you know, future of the program guy four or five years ago? So, no, it's – I would say probably a similar thing with Clayton too and Arsenal yeah. as well. But I think it's been, it's been nice to see both of those guys. I think uh, even in frustrating seasons at times for the respective teams, I feel like put it together and look like the kind of quarterbacks that I think both of our respective fan bases uh, thought they could be. Yeah, and look, uh, college sports fans have complained for years and years that it ain't like it used to be, and we don't recognize any of these players, and they don't stick around. And sure, the transfer portal is is how there, and you see guys move. But uh, I know one thing about. Houston basketball, because I keep bringing this up, North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, the teams at the top have some familiar names, and that's great to see. You can uh, say the same about uh, AAC football this season, but anyway, kind of getting sidetracked here. Uh, This uh, Houston defense, Sam, you know what? Uh, Give me a positive. Give me a a bright side. Like, if if they do play well on Saturday, what will it be because of? I think this is still a talented defensive front. I think it can be a good run defense. You could Look at some of the games this year. I mean, Temple basically had to go away from the run game entirely. I think their top guy, Edward Sadie, after having a career game against South Florida, I think had something like 17 carries for 20 yards against the Cougars. He could probably find a few other performances like that from the season. Nelson Caesar and DeAnthony Jones are good pass rushers. I think the problem has been, I think last year the defense, one, had two NFL cornerbacks, Marcus Jones and Demary Williams, and two, had, to, had a pass rush that could get home a bit more effectively than this specific person able to. I think, one, you lost some good DBs from last year, and two, as good at times as Jones and Caesar, the Cougar pass rush, even the run defense can be, it's just it's not getting home quick enough. And uh, you're, you're, you're getting the worst of both worlds in terms of uh, how a blitz specifically uh, exposes you in the back end defensively. So we'll, we'll go into uh, what's wrong with this defense on a question while it's positive. So I would say this can be a good run defense, though. Uh, games against Kansas that you also exposed that uh, this run defense when it's allowed to or was asked to really be disappointed and really you know, set the edge has failed pretty miserably against those two opponents in doing so. Sam, how about the, the buy-in here the last two games? Sometimes when your goals of, of a conference championship and being ranked and things like that are out of reach, you'll see teams kind of pack it in. I mean, is there any of that going on with Houston right now uh, here late in the year, or you expect them to, to fight for, you know, 60 minutes on Saturday? You know, I don't, I don't think so. As bad as the SMU game was, and believe me, it was ever good as bad as uh, <laughs> that 77 score that SMU put up was – it wasn't quitting. Maybe that was the most alarming thing. Is it didn't look like a bunch of guys that had quit. It didn't look like a bunch of guys who were going through the motions out there. It was these guys playing their best, and their best still allowed uh, SME to score 77. So I don't expect them to quit on Saturday. I don't expect uh, you to see a team that's going through the motions. I think it's a team with a lot of pride. It's a team that, even though it hasn't come to fruition, a team that probably, if you gave them truth serum, rightly or wrongly, still believes that they should be one of the teams competing for the conference championship. I, I think I think the 10 weeks have proven pretty accurately that they're not. But I don't think it's a team that's quit. And that's that's kind of why, actually, I bought on Holgerson early was because that 2019 team where you know, a lot of guys sat out, a lot of guys got hurt. It was just really the perfect storm of a bad season. I remember that team second to last came up at Tulsa with absolutely nothing to play for, went out there and 
and beat them. They were clearly playing their butts off. And I think it's never been, I think, an issue of guys seeming like they bought in. I mean, guys buy in. I don't think Houston's been very high in terms of the you know, number of key guys transferring out. I think you see a lot of two, three, and four-year guys from your stars on both sides of the ball. It just clearly has it added up to a championship or even remotely top 25 caliber team, kind of like we were hoping in the preseason. Sam Raz joining us, part of the uh, Scott and Holman podcast, joining us here on Pirate Radio Live, getting you ready for ECU and Houston. And a uh, quick basketball note before we let you go, Sam, Houston uh, winning every game by 30, 40 points here early in the year. They'll get a test coming up on a Sunday uh, at Oregon on ESPN. That'll be a fun one to keep an eye on. But uh, are we at a point now where it's like a Final Four bust for this Houston team? I mean, a top three preseason ranking. We know how good Kelvin Sampson's guys have been. So is that the expectation uh, for this season? You know, the tournament is so volatile that anytime you say Final Four bust, I mean, you could have you could have one bad game. You could be hitting you know, a 13 seed, whoever this year's, Oral Roberts, or this year's yeah. NBC is that you have you have one bad after year of basketball, and that's the season. So, uh, but I would say, yeah, all the all the preseason expectations very much justified. I, you know, I haven't, haven't really played a team that has tested you yet, so I would I would say Oral Roberts uh, will be one of the better mid majors out there. The Cougars just evaporated them last night at the Fertitta Center, but I, I think we'll really we'll really learn something about this team from that game this coming Sunday in Eugene against Oregon. I'm actually very excited. I'm going to be out there in person to see the Cougars play, see what the team looks like uh, in person for the first time. And I think through three games, they've done nothing to tamp down that hype. They've done nothing for you to think, hmm, this team might need until January or February to gel. They, they look like an elite defensive team. And I think what's most impressive from my perspective, what's most scary if you have use of the schedule is that it's, you know, Marcus Sasser, your lead guard, has a down game. If Jamal Shedd, your all-conference training point guard, has a down game, you just look at the St. Joe's game on Friday. Those two guys were a combined one of 11 from the field, and the Cougars still won by 26 and basically went by 20 or more from the under-12 media timeouts at the end of the game. There are just so many options from Jarris Walker, McDonald's All-American freshman, to J1 Roberts, a fourth-year junior starter, Terrence Arsenault, who was a national top-50 guy, coming off the bench, this team can legitimately go 11-12 guys deep. This, this second unit is as good as any second unit I've seen on a Kelvin Sampson team. Again, a lot has to go right for you to get to the Final Four, even if you're one of the creme de la creme. But I think even acknowledging the last two years are really freaking good, that the last two years are a hard act to live up to, I think this is Kelvin Sampson's best team he's had since he's gotten here. That's high praise because I think – He's had several very good teams uh, in the past several years here at Houston. Sam, great info, great insight. Uh, appreciate it, as always. By the way, if you're talking hoops on the podcast and you want a quick East Carolina nugget, uh, Mike Schwartz in year one, they are 2-0. and And in their first game against Mercer, they were down by 16 points in the first half, came back and won that one. In their second game against Presbyterian, they're down 23-4, to 10 minutes into the game, and they end up winning that game by 20. So just some insane uh, you know, swings in those games here, the first two for East Carolina. So a little nugget there if you go around the AAC for you to use and look smart. I watched a good amount of the Mercer game because I'm a college basketball stick on that. I thought that was really impressive considering he's largely starting from scratch with this roster. I yeah. I thought early on that, that might be it, that Mercer might really 
really just uh, pound you guys in the fact that the team came back like they did. I think I think it's a good sign. I think uh, I'm sure everyone has their expectations pretty reasonable yeah. in year one, but uh, I don't think you should take any room for granted. I thought the Mercer one in particular was uh, was actually pretty impressive. Sam, thanks for joining us. Uh, for folks that uh, want to check you out, know more about the enemy, uh, where can we find the uh, the SNH podcast? Yeah, we were actually uh, previewing the Pirates along with everything else going on uh, in the Cougar world tonight uh, with my co-host Gus. You can find us on any podcast uh, platform out there, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, etc. I just searched the Scott and Holman podcast. Quick reference, that's P-A-W-D cast because if nothing else, uh, we love really cheesy puns. <laughs> we are most active on Twitter for as long as uh, Twitter exists. Uh, at S-H-P-A-W-D cast there to, uh, as Clip said, get to know the enemy a little better here in game week. All right, Sam, thanks for joining us, man, and uh, we'll uh, catch up uh, again down the road. Absolutely. Great. Always good. All right, Sam Raz from the Scott and Holman podcast talking Houston football, a disappointing 6-4 and four for them. They are 4-2 and two in conference play, and uh, these teams kind of jockeying for best regular season record, best conference record, and best, uh, I guess, bowl opportunities here late in the year let's take a break we'll come back wrap up hour two hour three bryce williams joins us and we'll talk to the captain shane carden we'll be on in hour three as well it's all ahead on pirate radio live here on a tuesday back with you after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You can watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. You can watch Pirate Radio Live, of course, Monday through Friday from 3 until 6 p.m., and the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show on game days. Just go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and click on the subscribe button. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Let's do a quick uh, Tuesday vibe check. Chandler, East Carolina and Houston. Pirates coming off a loss. Takes them out of the running for the aac championship still a lot to play for senior day kind of taking center stage coming up on saturday pirates are a six point favorite over under is 67 how do you feel about the game i'm feeling really good i'm glad that the pirates are finally back home after the four straight home games to start the season in september it seems like the pirates have been away from home for quite a while it's been about a month since the Pirates last played at home against, uh, I believe, UCF was that last home game in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. So, on the road, uh, you go, you travel across the uh, the country to BYU. You win one there, and uh, you stay closer to this side of the of the coast and, and play a really good uh, Cincinnati team and come up short. You worry about C.J. Johnson and Keith Mitchell, but we have had word from Mike Houston that they're back this week and. I think these seniors are going to play with all the heart they have. And I'm feeling really good even after a a loss to Cincinnati. So, Pirates a six-point favorite against Houston. That kind of worries me a little bit, I think. 
but I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to say right now on a Tuesday with kickoff at 2 o'clock on Saturday, my vibe is probably about a six and a half right now. Hmm. So, and it's, I think it's going to get better as the week goes on. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these seniors on this program that are going to get recognized on Saturday, uh, you know, really helped change this program into what it is today. And uh, they've seen the highs and the lows, and they've seen the bottom of the barrel of this program. So, uh, I think this program, I think this football team's going to go out there and play their hearts out for this for these seniors. And uh, I mean, six and a half, anything over five, you're feeling pretty good. Um, so I'm going to go six and a half. Yeah, I thought this would be closer to a field goal spread than a touchdown spread, mm-hmm. uh, but it is six right now. Uh, and East Carolina has been really good against the spread this year. So obviously navy was a spread loss and tulane was a spread loss what was the memphis line east carolina was favored was probably favored by more than two i'm thinking okay so that was probably an l so that would put them at seven and three i believe against the spread this year Mm -hmm. uh so vegas likes the pirates and uh giving them some points this week when they take on houston maybe says more about just houston and what they are what they've been this year just giving up a ton of points and it sets you up where you think east carolina can get into the 30s 40s maybe beyond this week and and would kind of be disappointed if they aren't the way this uh houston defense has performed yeah and the pirates you're looking at a a potential 1000 yard rusher and keep mitchell that if he does so he will do it in back-to-back uh back-to-back years and you're looking at uh potentially two receivers that could eclipse a thousand yards uh this year so two receivers with a thousand yards and a running back with a thousand yards really tells you where this offense has been this year and the pirates can put up points especially when holton Naylor's is finding guys like cj johnson and uh, ryan jones and other guys like that and of course the run game with keaton mitchell uh, obviously his workload has had to go up this year with the injury of rajay harris and uh, i think the pirates can look really good on saturday against a memphis or excuse me a houston defense that you mentioned has struggled this year so don't be surprised if the pirates put it in the 30s Maybe the 40s. Uh, We shall see. We'll be with you 10 a.m. Saturday morning on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to the 2 o'clock kickoff, East Carolina, the home finale coming up on Saturday. We'll take a break, come back. When we return, Bryce Williams will be here, and he will be interviewing former East Carolina quarterback Shane Carden. That is on the way. Bryce, one-on-one with the captain when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots, and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville 
free consultation is available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, welcome in. Hour number three of Pirate Radio Live. Cliff Brock, Charlie Rhodes, the man of Chan, and former ECU tight end Bryce Williams joining us in studio. How you doing, Bryce? Doing good. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Good to see you yesterday uh, out at the Murphy Center. Yeah. Saw a, uh, a great speech, great presentation, and uh, be a coffee bean, man. Be a coffee bean. That was a heck right. of a story. That was... That we heard yeah, yesterday. Yeah, that was, that was quite a story for sure. He uh, went from nothing to something. He went from something, something to, to nothing, nothing. To something. To something. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun to hear damon west on uh monday uh give his story we actually if you uh have not heard uh, about damon west you can check it out via podcast form or watch it on video on youtube or facebook all right so um here's what we got here we got so a while back i was talking to shane carden on uh via twitter and he said have bryce williams people contact my people i want bryce williams to interview me I was like, fair enough. I've talked to Shane quite a few times yeah. over the years, and uh, and Bryce, you've been with us every every week, and you've been in that chair answering my questions, right? But how about a little role reversal? Yeah. How about you take over the show? Goodness, you be the host, you be the interviewer, and you conduct the interview with shane carden and you said hey, let's do it, let's buddy. Let's do it. I got some big shoes to fill here. You're a vet here. All right, so uh, Bryce. The floor is yours, my friend. Do we go? Yeah. All right, let's uh, head out to the Pit Electric Live line. Pit Electric, your trusted electrical partner since 1981 and ENC's premier electrical contractor for the past 40-plus years. Pit Electric is hiring. Join their team today by going to pitelectric.com. And now introduce Shane. Welcome him. Oh, yeah. And now introducing Shane Carden. Hey, Bryce. Thanks for having me on. Hey. I, was, I couldn't have uh, made that uh, introduction any more fitting. Could I? Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, I thought your plug was great. I was pretty impressed by that. But uh, you could have at least gave me, like, some kind of, hey, like, you know, old quarterback or, you know. Oh, yeah. Do, run, give him Do a, I need to uh, run that back? Run over his resume a little bit. His resume, Shane Carden. Um, <laughs> I think, in opinion, and very uh, Pirate Nation's very opinion, um, future hall of fame east carolina pirate um i don't know your specifics on your passing yards but i know it's uh in the thousands i would say um several touchdowns um some great huge wins against acc opponents i think definitely got ecu back on the map the uh, iconic ecu pirate nation bicep tap picture that he has flaunted all over the opponents so that was beautiful um goodness gracious i mean i could keep going that, that was that, that was good that's, that's funny <laughs> a well-missed pirate for sure he's all the way in the where are you at exactly then uh shane for people who don't know uh, i'm up in idaho uh haley idaho next to the resort sun valley um it's a beautiful beautiful area oh yeah i remember i was fortunate enough to be up there this summer for a special day so uh what you doing up there now these days shane well, you know, we're coaching some high school football up here. Um, just finished our season, made it to the playoffs, first time in six years. Uh, our team had been there, so 
exciting year for us. And it was my uh, – the seniors were my first class coming in, fourth year head coach. So it was a pretty special year. Um, you know, pretty similar to what's been going on with ECU, man. A lot of, a lot of really close games, a lot of tough losses. Um, and also some great wins, so um, pretty similar year there. So doing some coaching and uh, you know trying to sell some real estate. Man, it's just uh, interesting, uh, you know, real estate market right now. Oh, for sure, I guess uh, bringing your teams for the first time in the playoffs um, has to say something about uh, the old head coach because uh, that would be your position there, Penn. Yeah, well, you know, um, a great man once once told me um and i think you know him pretty well his name's rough mcneil but uh you know a head coach is only as good as his assistant coaches and we got a great group up here and they make it a lot of fun coming into work every day and, and coaching those kids and um no it was it was a fun year without a doubt man that, that's exciting stuff uh how far were you able to go in the playoffs if you don't mind me asking there no, we got first round, and uh, you know, doing my research, like you know, trying to find the last time our school had won a playoff game. You know, trying to get the guys, you know, something something to go for. And in the research, I found out that Wood River has never won a playoff game. And uh, we drove up ten hours to Bonner's Ferry, actually mm. close to another uh, ECU football alum, close to where he lives, Jeremy Grove. And mm. uh, you know, we came, we came out with a tough loss, close one where you know a couple couple plays go different ways and, and we're sitting there in the history books but uh you know definitely gave us the confidence and this this team program some confidence to move forward next year heck yeah buddy that sounds exciting i guess uh the team's ready to get back when will y'all get back into i guess workouts or what would be a high school uh routine or schedule up in uh, old haley idaho well you know there's a lot of stuff going on in the winter but you know we'll really start getting after after break getting our uh, before school workouts going uh some of the guys are already in the class right now but you know, we'll really start getting that going here um, after after Christmas break. Okay. Now, um, I know obviously being under Coach Ruff, you've had to have pulled a saying from Coach Ruff that you say to your football team. You got to have at least one. <laughs> <laughs> I have said several, several <laughs> quotes. Um, you know, I hit them with the one time with the hey, I've been in your shoes, you ain't been. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I say all the time, hey, it's too coincidental, be coincidental. There we, <laughs> um, there we I told the co- I told the coaches one night. I said, "Hey, don't worry about me. Worry about the bear." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you're coming up with someone on your own. I'm sure. I guess you being a ball coach now. I guess have you talked to Coach Ruff or you know Coach Riley um, recently or lately? I guess you know we just saw Coach Riley, but uh, Ruff or um, anything as the season's gone on with Coach Riley. Yeah, a little bit. I got to go see them play at Utah, uh, which was fun, and I might have stolen a few things I saw on the field for our uh, playoff game, but that's what coaching's all about. Um, you know, I last talked to Russ um, just shortly before, you know, the wedding, and then, you know, right after when he wasn't able to make it, but we talked a little bit after that. And then actually, that weekend, you guys don't know, but me and Riley FaceTime Russ, and we started to talk with him um, a little bit, and kind of private one of those nights. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was a blast. Um, but you know, I mean, they always have great things to say about coaching, you know, that, and, uh, you know, as you, as you get to go through different leagues, see different coaches, you appreciate the ones that you feel are truly for you. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've, you've learned that, you know, through your different teams you went on after ECU. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident in saying those two guys, you know, the whole staff, especially, but those two guys, the guys I spent a lot of time with definitely cared about us and, and took care of us. And I think in a great way. 
Man, that, that's exciting. Now, old, old Shane going to be an old ball coach. Um, well, good deal. Well, obviously, um, you know, I think as uh, I think Clip knows, and I've been telling them, you know, you're obviously coming back to ECU for the first time in five years. Um, what's your? I guess what's your expectations? Of course, I feel GN, but um, I guess you're going to have you know quite a bit of deja vu and um, a lot of reminiscing this weekend. I'm assuming, aren't you? Yeah, it's going to be great, man. And uh, first of all, I want to just say I'm surprised Clip hasn't jumped in. You're doing a hell of a job. <laughs> He's killing it. Just, I know. You know, they're like, you know, just like we like throwing the football around. Like, I jump in, the two guys are playing catch, start playing some catch. I'm surprised Clip hasn't yet. But uh, no. Hey, man, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm a huge fan of Mike Houston, watching everything he's done, turning around the program. Uh, there's definitely some things I've seen him done in interviews that I've definitely pulled to my program and, and try to and, and, and fuse into our minds, you know, as we're trying to work on a program, turning our program around here. Um, so to get to get to meet him, you know, I've never met Holton, and I haven't seen the new facilities, and it's going to make a brand-new visit for me all over again. Um, so I couldn't be more excited um, where this team's at right now. Just a couple, couple plays away from being a totally different season, but, I mean, you look at, you know, where we were a year ago, and then you really look at where we were two years ago. I mean, we we got to be proud of where this thing is going. And what's and what they've been able to accomplish. So, you know, I know we all want to be conference champs and you know ten wins all the time. Um, but you know, you got to appreciate what's going on in the program that you know had some bumps and bruises on it. You know, a few years ago, and you know, look where we're at now. We're we're not just happy about making bowl games, right? We're 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 wanting to be in the talks of a of the conference picture. And I think that's awesome. I think ECU should always be in those talks. But we let's not forget, you know, when I visited five years ago, where this program was at, and so. I'm definitely mindful of that. Sometimes it's hard to be, but let's appreciate what these guys are doing. Oh, yeah, most definitely can uh, let that go unnoticed. And, um, you know, Holt Naylor said, you know, today he's looking forward to uh, meeting you this weekend. So that'll be cool. And um, in my eyes, you're obviously wonderful. So, um, you know, it'd be cool to, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, I guess, you know, meet Holton. And I guess uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to, you know, probably some old head head advice um, from you. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, gunslingers, especially ET ones, always have, uh, always go through some stuff. And I remember meeting David uh, late in our career there, Bryce and uh, David Gerard, and you know, it just meeting another fellow uh, gunslinger from ECU. And it's just, it's a cool, it's a cool bond. It's a cool, uh, always a cool meeting. And, and and you know, stuff seeing David at different games where when I saw him five years ago, it was, you know, it was all, it was just, you know, it was just kind of back to it. And uh, you know, it's just, it's nice to have that connection, man. And and I hope, uh, you know, we can always have that, me and Holton, that's what we meet, um, go from there. Oh, most definitely. And, uh, you know, you had your first official visit, you know, to ECU five, well, I guess it's been more than five years ago. Obviously, you're, you're a little older than me. So, um, I guess you'll get your second official visit, um, you know, this weekend. And um, I'm are sure you, it'll be uh, – you see me? Are you my host? Um, yeah, I think that's on the books. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll check out the facilities first, but I think I'd like to show you the dining hall, um, library and things like that first, um, student center. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, then we'll move into the important thing, you know, the second important thing, and that's the football facilities because, you know, academics first, um, son, that's what we're teaching here at ECU. So, um, you know, so I'm definitely, (laughs) I'm definitely excited to see you. It's going to be a big reunion. Um, now, fun little fact i can't say i pulled this one out of my pocket so the first um or the last win against houston was in 2012 do you i'm curious do you you know the quarterback was 
Do I? Yeah, uh, 2012, you know, versus Houston. Um, if you're not familiar with the guy, um, he wore number five, um, redhead, Carden, Shane Carden. And, uh, you know, it was 28 to, 48 to 28. Um, do you remember that game, any? No, I sure do. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, a school that had, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 miles away from where I lived, um, you know, didn't give me much time and what some other guys, and they wanted to come see my new home and we gave them a, uh, quite a show for them to appreciate uh, Greenville. And so I'm hoping I'm hoping for the same here come Saturday. You know, that's what I was saying. I said how coincidental um, you know, you're coming into town against Houston. So, you know, I mean, I think you're going to bring some good juju to the stadium. Um, you know, and for us to, you know, pull out a win. Do you um you had thrown three touchdowns a day. Do you remember that receiver? Uh, so which receiver it was? He had three touchdowns against Houston. He had, well, he had four. Four. Well, he threw three my, to one player. Hey, my, my apologies, but I didn't mean to downgrade your stats. It was uh, three touchdowns to a single receiver, which had four total touchdowns. Do you remember the three TD receiver? It wasn't Danny, was it? It was the old web. <laughs> the old web, number 33. Um, fun. Yeah, fun. I, think, uh, I don't think I was quite... I might have been. On, I might have been cheering you on. I didn't see you in the box score, Bryce. Yeah, I was in the box score. I think I may have like, given you a squirt of water bottle or a pat on the tushy. Um, you know, when you, when you came off, you you are good at those. <laughs> uh, see, that was good times. And I remember Shane actually just sent me a picture of uh, him and I in the Carolina game when I was giving him this. I had this. He was my apple in my eye. So I was, I was glancing <laughs> glancing down at him uh, on the sideline. I think the score was. I think we were up like thirty or something. Uh, that was a wonderful game, wasn't it, there, Ben? Yeah, it sure was. Hey, we were waiting. Uh, the watch party was going on uh, for Friday night against Cincinnati. People over, and there was no pregame show. So I went on YouTube, figured I'd search an old game, and what do you know, that one popped up. So, you know, I had to, had to show, uh, you know, some people that one off. If only I could grow my hair back long enough and we could almost recapture, um, you know, that picture on the sidelines, but uh, man, I feel, a wig or something for you. A wig, yeah. We'll have to get go down there. Um, I don't know if I'll ever go on the field, but you sure as might as well might uh, be able to. There we got a little tongue tied there. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I guess as far as before uh, the official uh, visit by me, you know, what's your plans on? Um, you know, you're gonna go sightsee, take uh, take the old wife around town. I guess you can't show her where uh, you uh, lived anymore. But uh, what's your plans? You know, throughout the day. Well, I just want to make sure. I think ten years ago, Andrew Bodenheimer showed me around, and I know for that most part, you know, a lot of things were paid for. So I just want to make sure that that's going to be kind of the same thing going on this this upcoming weekend for my second official with you hosting me. I just want to make sure. You know, when I decide on what restaurants to go to, that you know, <laughs> you're dying, correct? Oh well, yeah, I'm buying. Well, it's obviously per diem that I get from the academic uh, office, so um, it's not a huge ticket, but we may be able to be afford a few things. Um, you know, no alcoholic beverages. You're not of age yet, so um, <laughs> you know, I had to sign a waiver to take a youngin out. So um, we'll keep it good, but I should. I think you'll. Um, really be pleased with what you see here this new ecu and you know i hope i can get your commitment son <laughs> <laughs> i think it's looking good but no, i'm really excited to see the new facilities uh plan on hanging around friday and meeting some of the guys hopefully and you know seeing uh seeing trip again and dk and, you know just just being back man i'm really looking forward to it like you said show my wife 
ECU, no, like we're like two hours away from Boise State, and we had gone to a game there and um, had a friend of mine get us kind of these uh, pregame passes where we've got to walk on a little corner of the turf, and she thought it was a pretty cool environment, and that's what I decided in my mind. My wife had to come to ECU because uh, I didn't think it really touched what we what we have for our providing. So I'm really excited. Um, you know, I bet this two o'clock game is going to be rocking. Um, I think it's a great time for a game. Uh, makes it easy for everyone to get to. A lot of good time for tailgating, but not too much time, so Cliff won't be, you know, passed out in the booth. Up there. <laughs> um, so I'm really looking forward to, to showing it off and, and just being back with the guys, being back in Greenville, man. It's been too long. I know it's gonna, uh, it's gonna be a good time. I, I was fortunate enough to see you this summer, but it'll be, it'll be something special to, uh, you know, have you back at ECU and especially all the other guys that are coming into town. It'll be a, it'll be a quite the reunion. Yes, it will. Um, well, should I do I say my farewells? Well, my brief. Well, let's just first of all, I think let's give Bryce a round of applause because <laughs> I mean, you win an entire segment, and that was all you. Hey, when I'm that talking, was well done. <laughs> it's easy when I'm talking to old. Uh, yeah, but you did it well, buddy man. Of mine, that's for sure. Kept it rolling, I, conversation. Yeah, funny uh, interjections. I don't want to say I didn't think you had it in you, but I'm definitely happily surprised. <laughs> are, you, hey, are you proud of me, Papa? <laughs> I'm all <laughs> proud of you. Shane, now that that's over, I can ask you a question or two. I, I, ECU loves their own, and so every time there's like a coach opening or should we make a coaching change, everybody wants to bring back Steve Logan or Skip Holtz or Ruffin McNeil or even former players, and you've probably seen this on social media. Hey, is Shane, why don't we bring in Shane as an offensive coordinator? Why don't he? Why don't we bring him back to ECU? And I'm, I'm sure you see that stuff. But as far as your coaching future, Shane, you know, are you are you in it for the long haul here? Is this kind of your your first stop, maybe there, and kind of see where it takes you? You know, how how serious are you about coaching football? I think um, you know where I'm at. I really appreciate. I've had some offers and questions, that are kind of similar to that. If I wanted to, you know, go further or higher up. Um, you know, I think with my family, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, getting large here in the next few years, it's just, I think it'd be hard for me to leave. I also would never say never on anything. Um, I think as we all know, man, life changes and, uh, the saying is it's too coincidental, be coincidental. Some things happen that you may not expect. Um, and you just got to go with it, but you know, at this time I'm happy with, with what I got going and, uh, happy with the young men. I get to, you know, be a part of their lives and, and hopefully help them to benefit um, with me there. So I guess I just totally didn't answer your question with a big, long answer. <laughs> Bryce, uh, he is so. talking like a coach. That was <laughs> impressive right there. So I got I got the coach talk down. You know, I mean, Bryce gave me all the nice softball ones and comes in first time and gives me this nasty curve. <laughs> well, Shane, you're the apple of my eye too, buddy. <laughs> that means a lot. Shane, it's great to hear from you, and uh, I know folks are jacked up to be seeing you around. Hopefully, uh, you'll stop by the Pirate Radio tailgate zone, I'm sure. Stop by the studio if you uh, maybe show your wife Pirate Radio and some stuff downtown Greenville Saturday. Uh, come in and hang out with us. But uh, what's your uh, – bro? we talk about Bryce's look. He's clean-shaven now. He even got rid of the mustache he had going. Yeah. Uh, Shane, what's your look uh, these days? Uh, it's not like Bryce, but then again, not a lot of people are. So, you know, it's hard to do. Um, you know, I, I I can always change it up. I'll probably be a little clean shaven for the game. Nothing too clean, though. I don't, I don't like to get too baby-faced. It makes me look way too young. Um, I'll have a little more hair than Bryce, but not as long as his old hair. Um, so All right. It's just kind of one of those things. Just got to wait and see. A little tease for Saturday. Oh, yeah, he's got some luscious reddish golden locks. That's I can right. give you a head. 
Bryce, you really are a Shane fan, aren't you? I love me some uh, Ken. <laughs> you know, I love me some Shane. Good stuff. Special times. Shane, great to hear from you, man. Awesome stuff. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. And, uh, you know, I'll be around pretty much downtown and the facilities all kind of Friday, so maybe I'll pop, pop my head and see what you guys are doing. Please do, man. We'll be here. There's Shane Carden. Thanks, son. The captain. Bryce, well done, buddy. Thank you. You drove that ship and uh, parked it and, and everything. <laughs> cleaned it all, cleaned it, you know, looked after it. That was beautiful. Thank you. How'd you feel? Good. Like yeah. you said, you're talking to a buddy, so that right. takes a lot of the edge off. Yeah, I guess it's kind of just rolling into the, something just kind of like we do. Just go down a kind of rabbit hole and, you know, something pops in. You're kind of brainstorming as you're talking. And, yeah. You no, know, you're right. Because you wrote down the notes I gave you about that game, but that yeah. was it. Yeah. Everything else. And, and you're kind of thinking in your head, all right, what's the timeline of this conversation mm-hmm. going to look like? And where do I go next? And sometimes you got to ad lib off their answer. Yeah. And uh, I, I was impressive, man. Thank you. I like this segment. I want to bring this back, Bryce, uh, interviewing <laughs> folks. It makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. I get to kind of chill. It is. It. I was at the helm there, but, you know, but talking to Shane, it was obviously a lot easier. So, well, who knows what it'll be, you know, if it's a topic. I know you kind of go everywhere. So it's kind of, it's tricky. Oh, yeah. But that do. day we had the uh, fisherman, the big rock. Blue, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, yeah. you kind of spearheaded that one. You did an awesome job. Yeah. Which shows you, I mean, if you know what you're talking about, you can conduct right. a good now interview. You talk, you know, we got to talk bets and names and players. and uh, I'll take those for Yeah, you, you take those for right. Because that'll deal. be a little tricky. Good stuff. Bryce Williams, Shane Carden there. And looking forward to seeing Shane coming up this weekend. You can get up with him uh, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, that's the plan. I'd like to get, uh, get up with them Friday. And, you said some um, other teammates are rolling in too, right? I'll, well, I'll see CJ, Jake. For some reason, I feel like Rocco's coming, I think. but Where's he at? Florida? Mm-hmm. I think he is, but don't hold me to it. I feel like someone else is coming, but um, I maybe it might be just wishful thinking. I'm not really sure who all is coming for certain, though. All right. Uh, a little bit of a uh, homecoming here on Senior Day. Uh, We'll take a break, come back more with Bryce Williams. When we return, we'll get his thoughts on that bummer of a game Friday. It was a bummer for Bryce because he couldn't get it for a while. He had bad reception, Mm -hmm. but you were able to catch it, Bryce, and uh, we'll talk about that. I'll ask what you remember about senior day. Did you have the eyeball sweat going, as Ruffin McNeil would say? Hmm. We'll talk about that and more when we return. Stan says Bryce as host with the captain. He says Bryce has a new day job. (laughs) taking over the Bryce Williams Power Hour. (laughs) We'll come up with a better name. Back with more after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. 
Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Co-host, Bryce Williams, to my left. Chan Man, Shirley Rhodes. During the break, Chandler, you brought up... Now, this did occur in 2012. I'm reading an article that says this occurred days before the military appreciation game against Navy. Oh. But it was that 2012 season. Yes. So, good memory. But you remember something happening... Remember a lot of great games, touchdowns uh, on that Dowdy Ficklin Stadium turf, but you remembered something else that happened that year. I do. Uh, some, as Bryce would say, Jagleg uh, took his four wheeler and did donuts mm. on Bagwell Field and made the field look absolutely terrible. And I want to say, well, I want to say, I do that. have another correction. It was not like his four wheeler. They took the like a gator or something. The utility vehicles that were at the facility. Wow! And took them on there. Three individuals used. Uh, how do you say that? Kubota. 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 Utility vehicles yeah. to do donuts, and I'd forgot. I forgot it was that much damage. Oh, it it was Jeez. circles everywhere. Everywhere. Thirty five thousand. Do you? Yeah, do you remember say... that happening, Brooks? Now that you sent the yeah. picture, I do. Did they ever catch those guys? Uh, I'm sure they I figured, did. Yeah, I figured we had like cameras, right? Well, I want to say that the William Banks was arrested. He was a freshman at East Carolina. Mm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that damage to the football field. I want to say it extended to that Houston game because I remember yeah, I, I brought a buddy so. of mine who was a state fan at the time. He ended up going and graduating from state, and I took him to that Houston game, and he was like, "Y'all's field looks like crap." And I was like, well, because somebody came on the field and did donuts. And so it, it did a lot of damage. And uh, I just remember that. I remember that uh, leading up to apparently that Navy game now that mm-hmm. I know. And, uh, yeah, the field looked awful because uh, I guess a, a freshman decided to let's have some fun. I'm sure he was not sober when he did it. Mm. And how do we leave a key in the vehicles? I, that's too? a good question. I don't know how in the Jeez. I don't know how in the world he was able to get access to a key or if a key was in there, but he was able to crank that thing up and take it for a joyride around Bagwell Field. Ruffin McNeil said, Why would you destroy our house? Dowdy Ficklin is precious to me, having played and bled on that. That is unacceptable that somebody would do that to our field. You know how I would handle it to the fullest extent of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's an old article. The uh, the student uh, it said no longer enrolled at ECU uh, shortly after that. So uh, if I was to do something dumb, we've all done dumb things, and break into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, I would run routes and catch a touchdown yeah. in the end zone. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I love and respect the uh the team the school everything too much and other people's property that i wouldn't damage anything right but if i was to like be in there drunk uh at 3 a.m like mm. i would uh you know run a um a fade and catch a ball right and say hey this was a cool memory yeah score was, a touchdown yeah you know i would not uh damage it Redbeard yeah. on twitter says that the guy damaged under the stadium too he uh damaged water fountains and signage yeah so it's all like a, a outstanding citizen yeah uh what year was the streaker that was 2010 against southern miss i was in the stadiums that game <laughs> that was 2010 against southern miss yeah i, I do remember that yard like as a that might have been that, or were you coming as to a fan yeah. i tell you what uh high school still oh okay that was actually 2011 against southern miss yeah, 2010 is when the, we were at Southern Miss and the double block by Dwayne Harris. Are you just showing off right now, Rain Man? Yes. 
Whatever. <laughs> what happened in 2005? Uh, Skip Holtz's first year. We beat Duke in his first game. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, he was just testing uh, him. Here we go. Andre Allison, 50-yard touchdown mm-hmm. to get it rolling. Um, all, I'd, all I'd love to just quiz. <laughs> hey, Bryce has got the host uh, bug in him now. He's ready to ask questions. <laughs> what year was the Virginia Tech block punt? 2008. Mm, yeah. Wow. I this, didn't know that year. I just figured he knew it. This so. is good. This is good. Let's, uh, I'll keep it at You got anything else? No. I mean, I could, but we'll uh, we'll move forward. What um, year did Bryce Williams score a touchdown and forget to line up uh, on the extra point? 2014 against Virginia Tech. <laughs> mm, okay. What end zone were I, was I going into? It was, uh, if you're looking at the TV, watching the TV, it's the right end zone. Mm, on I the, guess it, so. It's on the side where the East Carolina fans are lined up. Mm, sounds about right. Sounds uh, That checks out. Yeah. Do you remember what part of the end zone? It was in the back of the end zone. What side? <laughs> it was to the right of the field goal. First. There we go. Okay. That's about all. I mean, I can, never mind. We'll move on. He's got it. He's got it. I can't stump him. You know how many highlights I go back and watch over and over again? <laughs> That's his thing. He, he's old YouTube guy. Heck yeah. If there's a game or, or a highlight on YouTube, Chandler has seen it. I mean, Clip, he walked into work one day, and I'm watching literally the second half of ECU versus Marshall in 2008. What a doozy that was. Dang. What I don't remember. I don't think I watched that one. Where was I? No, I was a freshman in high school. Chandler was like, "Yeah, you were a freshman in high school." That's right. I actually knew that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did Bryce beat his rival high school opponent? Uh, not, uh, it was actually October seventeenth, two thousand nine. Um, you had two touchdowns in that game. Where did Bryce go after the game, and what was the girl's name he was dating at the time? So there was some sort of corner diner where he's from, uh, and took her out uh, for uh, a late uh, late night breakfast. Sally May, right? Yes, Sally May. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sally May. Uh, Michael Winstead. I, I hope. Uh, Michael's uh, still cool with the show after the little scary, the uh, diss track on his son, Isaiah. He said, Clip Chandler Shirley, my son, is really going to miss coming on the show talking to y'all. He thinks y'all are so funny. You know what, Michael? I'm not ready to hear this right now. Oh, is he a senior? I, I don't I don't want to think about it coming to an end. I know it is weird. You know, senior day was always – it is weird. And I want to, uh, to get to that with you, Bryce, but, uh, yeah, Isaiah's the man. We love Isaiah around here. Um what do you remember about it? So you go on the field. Uh, you got family on the field. Yeah, mom, dad, my two brothers. Um, going in there, obviously, run out, and um, I don't think I got uh, water in my eyes that really that, during that day. I don't think I did. Did they give you like a eighty in a frame or anything like a jersey or? I think so. Anything like that? That and a football flowers and for the mom probably. I think the jersey. Um, it kind of all went by kind of blur in a blur. Um, but it was definitely weird, you know, obviously when it was over. Um, for, you know, I was fortunate enough to score a touchdown. I think that was the last touchdown of the game for us. Um, and then when it was over, that night was odd. Um, was and that, that was not a great memory because that was Cincinnati. And we all had gone to a bowl game. We, uh, yeah, yeah, we lost right. by a field goal. We had a penalty after that after the touchdown of something, and it didn't work. And then we missed the field goal, you know. Yeah. sorry not a happy um, memory for no me. but you know it was um it's definitely a weird feeling when things come to an end especially after four years um of being at some being somewhere so it's uh you know it's exciting that you've been there that long and the memories you made 
um but to when it's all over it's kind of yeah it's a little emotional i believe tommy tuberville was the uh, head coach for cincinnati that day hmm get a job uh <laughs> clip him right going off the field and yeah. the fans are booing him yes <laughs> get a job get a job <laughs> um, how about you get a job <laughs> um now i forgot oh things really changed around ecu shortly after that game quickly man yeah man did it go and we're finally kind of getting out of that hole yeah. that started to be dug that day yeah you could say that day was yeah thank goodness yeah no doubt bryce uh what'd you see on friday night man i tell you what uh before you know first off i'm like i'm in the middle of the daggum uh mountains ironically the well did, wasn't working so we didn't have running water well, I'll get to that on the outdoor segment of that. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, me and Jake were there. I'm like, I mean, we were in the barn. I'm like, I got to watch the game. Like, this isn't this isn't going to work if I can't, you know, watch the game. And I'll show you our setup. That was the setup. And we put a TV on, like, the side-by-side. Oh, there. cool. And um, I said, well, we got to figure this out. So I did my phone on the hotspot. And Jake was doing the thing with the TV and had the laptop and HDMI it. And we were HD. I mean HD quality. It was so great. you were good to go. Um, but yeah, I guess it always feels like a long time ago. Um, you know the game, but especially on Friday nights. But I mean, it was obviously a good game in the you know until the end. It was I'm about to like recap everything. I guess you know I was texting you throughout the game. Yeah. Um, goodness, great. Can you pull up the stats? Is that possible? Yes, sir. Um, but you know, obviously, it was very you know optimistic and we were playing you know playing well we came back we had the safety i remember seeing the you know seeing the safety before that's so why i missed that um and shoot cincinnati was giving us opportunities um looking back on it and we were doing a what are you on the team stats yeah i guess this box scores and stuff um because because ecu dominated yeah uh, on the, some, some key numbers yeah it was the uh, defense we so rushing really stood out yeah 174 to 66 ecu outrushed yep. them uh i think first downs too 22 to 13 on first downs that's right okay yeah. and then you know cj had that big play i think i texted you after that yeah that play. right before the half yeah right before i mean what i mean that was just a uh that was a, a gam play i guess we'll say grown blank man play um kind so, of an awkward yeah, play i was gonna yeah. say i brought it up in the in the fifth quarter about how and maybe this is what you're about to talk about, but he was like uh, he was covered, and it looked like Holton had underthrown whoever was out there initially, and then all of a sudden he just pops up from behind the defender, and there he is. And with his athleticism, he just—I mean—he just runs away from everybody. Oh yeah, it makes stiff for me. And to me, I guess I need to re-see it, but you know, look, it may have been a back shoulder place throw from what it looked like. Um, so that was obviously a good adjustment by CJ and. Then for him to dig, I'm just be stiff arming, pushing, pretty much just say it like, um, bullying the guys on the playground. I mean, just like sticking one of them out and outrun them and um, stiff arming them, and then to, to take it for what seventy some yards. Um, you know, very impressive. It was, um, I mean, just a, you know, great play from there. And we were playing well. Our defense was doing good. Cincinnati was making mistakes, and we had a pick. Yeah, we had a pick, and. I mean, overall, we're playing well, and I was getting obviously frustrated. The last play of the game really obviously got because I feel like we could have done, 
had something better, you know, planned for that instead of I think it was it was it four birds or something, and we only needed to get to the first down or field goal range. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to recap all this. This has been. <laughs> I, I have a question for you. We got a lot of comments about. Well, first of all, East Carolina would run it on second and ten just about every time, or so, yeah. and, and we, there was. Even Andre Ware, who was the color analyst, pointed it out and said, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm thinking run here because they always run. Right. And we had some calls on that. We also had a lot of calls about why do you throw it short of the sticks on right. third down? Yeah, and a few times I do – and, well, obviously we missed the field goal, right? Missed the – so yeah. that obviously could have been a game changer. So that's unfortunate that happened yet again. And we're pretty pretty accurate on missing field goals you know every game this year so yeah. that's a, at least a consistent stat um not a good one but yeah. that's what we're getting um but yeah a few times it's like you know we got to reach the sticks you know know where the sticks are um you know when you know when this, that's what we were taught get to the sticks um and you know obviously knowing where you're down in distance and thank goodness you know cj made a big um catch and it was knowing where the sticks were on a third and down and it was a pressured play and everything you know, to keep the ball moving. I mean, overall, I feel like we did, you know, obviously made some good plays, but um, obviously towards the last last little bit was, you know, frustrating. I think we had a sack on the drive, on the last drive, and just that last bit was kind of just fell apart on us, and that was very frustrating. Any thoughts on refs, calls, officiating? Um, obviously, you know, Keith Mitchell's, I think, was, I mean, obviously targeting. I mean, they've called – way softer plays than that and not not that it was a soft play but you know target was definitely a good call on that um you know i read you know coach houston's comments it probably it definitely seemed like that db was more so you know taking it wasn't really going for the ball or anything like that um you know in my opinion so yeah coach i'm with all with coach houston as far as um kind of a sportsman like hit that was far from it um and then some of the other things i'm not really recalling but um Overall, I mean, I thought we could have definitely made a few things to uh, get the win, but frustrating. It is frustrating They're loss, especially and, to be that close. And East Carolina, we we had the stat all year when Holton Aylers doesn't throw an interception, they win. Well, that stat is done. He didn't throw a pick. Yeah, and they lost the game. Yeah. Uh, now they got Houston coming up. We'll get your prediction on it coming up uh, at the end of the show. Let's get another break in. We'll go quick Pirate Radio outdoors and get Bryce's prediction for East Carolina and Houston coming up Saturday 2 o'clock we're with you 10 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate we'll be back with you after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or you can visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. All right, Bryce, we got a couple minutes to go outdoors here, so let's do it. Man. 
You uh, you were watching football outdoors. You dang right. Friday night, man. I was I was in. It. I was going to watch ECU football. Well, there was a will, there was a way, and we found a way. That's good. Stuff. And it was great. I was in the, and I guess I was old horse stable. I showed you the picture. The perfect man cave had a fire. The TV was on the back of a side by side. I mean, just perfect situation. Um, you know, to watch the game outside. But yeah, went up to Virginia this weekend on a deer home. My buddy Jake and my buddy Kevin, um, whose property it was, and it wasn't. Well, our weather wasn't all that. Rain all day Friday, Saturday was hot. Um, you know, it's like pretty much peak rut. Like thinking, well, well we're gonna get him. He's showing what we've seen on camera. Ended up seeing some small bucks, a few does. Just wasn't the deer activity we we're hoping for. Um, I think weather had a lot to do with that. I did get an opportunity to see. I was in the box stand. I was looking to my left, and my chair was turned uh, to my left. I looked back to my right, and there was a shooter buck, probably about 90 yards out, and staring at me. So I was like, okay. I went to slide over um, to adjust. Well, he went back to my left, chase, you know, not chasing, but he was just on the prowl. And if it would have been flatland, oh, he would have been dead. But we were up in the mountains, and of course, there's all these little ditches and low areas. And he dipped down, and I could never get a shot at him. Well, he ran off, and so let a few like an hour went by. So I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go rattle some horns. So I get down and go sit on the ground, and rattling the horns about, you know, rattling the horns, making ruckus like it's a, you know, pretty much mimicking a buck fight. So it, no lie about. Two minutes later, he comes on a rope, tromping through the tromping through the trees. You know, coming right to me. He was gonna dip down. I mean, I had the hammer cocked and everything, waiting for him to peek up. And I see it in the wind switch. And I saw his head, just his head, pick up and you know sniff. And sure enough, oh, he man. took off and winded me. And I still was trying to get. I could still see him, but it was so thick in those mountains that I could never get a clear shot on him. And you know, obviously he went off, and I was beating myself up because i could have killed him you know first thing if i had been looking out the right window and then if the wind wouldn't have switched i mean he would have peaked right up top of the hill and smoked him and uh so i was beating myself up all all saturday for that well then you know didn't see but one deer saturday evening and then one deer sunday morning and it was kind of frustrating and then i actually slipped in the stand today me and jay and saw two does and then a young seven pointer we have on camera so not a shooter but um you know i've been in the woods but just still waiting for that opportunity to hopefully get a, a shooter buck on camera and we'll take one so we'll see what happens all right bryce if i see something between tuesday night and tuesday morning before i talk to you again i like it on twitter and then i just hope i can remember to bring it up when you come in yeah. and i remember today i saw this last week um, this is near Brainerd, Minnesota. This picture of this giant, this beast, snapping oh. turtle, which looks like a freaking dinosaur. My God. Uh, have you ever in your life seen a, tor- a turtle like mm. that? That thing's huge. <laughs> that and is. It, it looks my, scary. Oh, my gosh. Like the mouth on it. Like, no. I've look been... at the claws on that thing. <laughs> That's prehistoric. Like <laughs> that ain't no damn Golly. turtle. Golly. <laughs> yeah. Never have seen one that big. I mean, I knew they get big, but that thing is probably pushing 300 pounds. It is a monster, but uh, <sighs> that's scary. Like that—that's under. I mean, that you take a bite. That takes a bite out of you, bleeding out. Yeah, 
I had a fear when I was a kid because I heard some like old wives tale or something that if a snapping turtle bites you, it doesn't let go until yeah. it like thunders. Thunders, yeah, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, that. Yeah, I got sketched and out. And I was too. freaked out by a whole like childhood about snapping turtles. Yeah. Oh, dude, the lake. Yeah, I've gotten. To, I mean, I'll swim in the lake, but like when you're in the bottom, like touching the bottom, you're like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna dang um <laughs> step on. But that right there is that's scary. All right. So uh, watch out if you're around mm. the Minnesota area. I guess. All right, Bryce. Pirates, Cougars Man. going at it Saturday, 2 o'clock. Bryce will be there. Shane Carden. Wait, are you going to the game? Yeah. Yeah, Bryce will be there. Shane Carden will be there. What you got? I tell you, we've done tagged us one Cougar. Mm-hmm. It's time to tag us another. So uh, I'm going ECU, obviously winning. Uh, we got quite the spread here. Uh, I think we're going to score some points at home. I mean, senior, game, senior night. I mean, what more can these guys ask for? Um, I mean, I was always, I know they play the heart out, but I mean, these seniors, it's something special, um, you know, for them to get to this point. But, um, I mean, I'm going ECU 42, Houston 30. We put our first Cougar, we made a rug out of that. Yeah. And then we put this one on the. Heck yeah, we're going to shoulder mount that son of a gun. All right, shoulder mount. What you got, Chan? Uh, so, I mean, look, Shane's going to be there. Yeah. Bryce is going to be there. Maybe CJ Strzok's going to be there. A lot of former pirates. Clip and Chandler are going to be there. We're going to be there. Dang right. I mean, we're going to have a party at Dowdy on Saturday, baby. It's party time in the thick. We're going to have a party. Looking forward to it. Bryce, thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks. Great job on your interview as well. Thank you. All right. We'll see you Wednesday, 3 o'clock on an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.